This episode is supported by Dove. Narrow beauty standards have permeated our feeds, perpetuating beauty ideals that can't be achieved in real life, impacting girls' self-esteem. To help combat this, the Dove Self-Esteem Project is taking action to support the next generation so that they can have a positive experience on social media by providing no-cost resources to parents, mentors, and educators. Dove is tackling the issue of digital distortion with Reverse Selfie, a film rooted in new research on body confidence from the Dove Self-Esteem Project. They're also providing a new confidence kit so that kids and parents can navigate social media with confidence and have a more positive experience online. So head on over to dove.com slash the selfie talk to download the new confidence kit and helpful tips to have the selfie talk today but alex yeah shane let's begin this episode let's do it hello everyone i'm alex and i'm here with my husband shane the babies are in bed the cat is in her room and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this family tree podcast episode 105 and this one is a big one yeah as if as if we don't say that every week but it truly is we have first up guys Emma Watkins, the yellow wiggle. It was this time last year that she joined us on the podcast for the first time. And we were so excited to have her back. There's so many things going on. So many things have changed. Of course, it's the Wiggles 30th anniversary. We chat about that. We talked to Emma about the Emma Series 3 show that's coming out. And like Australia is in a wild lockdown, guys. They can't go within 10 kilometers outside their house. So Emma and her fiance are doing the entire show from their house like creating the sets filming it it's amazing we were an hour into the episode before we even talk about (laughs) it so this was a conversation you might not hear from emma every day because you're talking about love languages her engagement all this stuff that you typically don't hear from a child superstar not Mm -hmm. not that she's a child but she's a superstar (laughs) two children yeah, I, know. I I was super excited to ask Emma about all these things because she is newly engaged, uh, which is, you know, different than last year when we interviewed her. So I just wanted to get in on that and talk about that because it's fascinating. They work together. They live together. They're, you know, love is blooming. She's a professional question answerer. Eh? Yes. Nothing throws her off. She's the most articulate, kind person you could ever imagine. We also do mention Dolce. In this mm-hmm. interview, we ask how he's doing. He's her goat, of course. And unfortunately, since this interview, mm-hmm. Dolce has passed. Yeah. So. No, very upsetting. Very upsetting. Thinking about Emma right now. But yeah. And who else do we have on this episode? All right. Well, we've got Bobby Altoff. So Bobby, if you don't know her by the name Bobby, you I might know. I discovered her. I know you did. You showed me. And it was a hilarious. I, we talk about that, actually. The first discovery TikTok in there. But you might know her as Alexandria Altoff, which is her alter ego. She even gave her kid an alter ego. Her daughter named Richard, as she refers to her, but she is a hilarious mom TikToker. So we talk about that. We talk about TikTok. We talk about alter egos. And then we get into her real life birth and postpartum stories. And then she just comes up with like the wildest sibling story I've ever heard. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to let her take you on that ride. But such a fun interview. Would you be upset if I told you she followed me immediately after the interview? No. Two years ago, you would have thrown the phone across the room in jealous rage. Am I I right or am I wrong? No, you're right. But I got all my jealousy (laughs) out last night on our date night. You did? What'd you do to me? No. Remember, we were were talking about, what's what's the actress? Oh, I don't remember. I thought we did things pretty moderate last night, and now I'm having a a blackout. Shane, we were talking about Jessica Chastain. 
Oh my goodness. This is a ridiculous conversation. I no, that's all we're not gonna get into it now, but I'm just gonna say that you said Jessica Chastain was hot and then I got into it a bit and then that's that was like all my pent up jealousy for the week and it's released. No, you're not gonna get into it. I'll say you were saying Okay, fine, we had to beep it, but I don't know. I feel like it was funny and I guess we have to beep it. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now I'm remembering the conversation. We were also talking about Little Dickie's girlfriend on the show, Dave, yes. and whether I found her to be attractive or not. And Which it's, you it's do. Th- yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. With the question, I have to be honest. Hey, 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 I'm not saying don't be honest. I'm just saying, you know, little green jealousy monster might creep yeah, out. Yeah, you're and- just saying if I am honest, the night is ruined. Oh, was it ruined? We had a great time. Are you kidding me? Well, that part was a little contentious. (laughs) What did you think of our night of moderation? Because what we did this week was Mm -hmm. we did everything in half. So we did the same date night as last week where we weren't feeling too great the next morning. Right. Except this time we had, instead of getting a pint each, we split a pint. Instead of getting a full piece of pie, we split a piece of pie. You get the idea. Mm -hmm. And I found it to be, you didn't notice what you missed. Yeah. You appreciate what you had. And the night didn't feel too different, did no, it? No, I agree. We, I had so much fun. I felt like a buzz about me, but it's just being out. It's being out in the world, doing fun things, going to new places. And that's what the buzz is. And that's all you need. So doing that was so fun. I loved sharing all of our pints. And then I felt great this morning, you know, like woke up at six, went to work, felt amazing, was fresh and peachy all day it was great me too it was great and you know our drink tonight i mean we're not on the seed lip because we're tired or needing a break we're just on the seed lip now because we were feeling great and we want to keep that going and we love it so baby cheers we're just going classic tonight seed lip grow 42 and some tonic just a little splash of orange in there we, we screwed it up. We normally do the seed lip read first, but we're slipping it in the middle. I guess it's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. But yeah, non-alcoholic cocktails tonight. And I mean, they really do just put you in a relaxing state, even without the booze. Yeah, it's not a seed lip read, really. We're just saying what we're drinking. It's yeah. more like, I don't know, yeah. saying what we're drinking. Just That's just what we're drinking. What is this drink again? Just seed lip grow 42 and tonic. Oh, this is good. Yeah, I, I know. It's funny because we do the simple drink so rare that it almost feels fancier because I the agree. lack of times we and do And if it. you get, all right, and this, you got to get good tonic. So we like Fever Tree, but Blake Lively just came out with her own line of like mixes and tonics and things like that called Betty Buzz because her kid is also named Betty. Copycat. I know. But it's I'm saying let's hit her up. For what? Free tonic. Oh, I thought you meant to be interviewed. That too is the dream, obviously. But can, you know, maybe a little deal. Free tonic and an interview. I don't know what she's getting in return (laughs) here. but Publicity. You want to be known, Blake? You could be a star. (laughs) Next topic here. Being intimidated by children at the park. So I've been taking Lou to the park Mm -hmm. two days in a row. Because yesterday, oh, you had an interview with Bobby yesterday. So while you're interviewing, someone's got to look after the kids. They can't be in the house. The day was pretty nice. I put them in the wagon. Half hour walk to the park. Kids are surprisingly good in the wagon. I was surprised that they didn't 
cry or anything. You just took them to the park. But then there's some hoodlums there. And they're like between 12 and 11 and 14, I'll say. I can't really tell kids' ages. And they're smoking and they were smoking cigarettes. Playing might have been weed even. And they're playing with the volleyball and you know, the volleyball's hitting the kid in the groin sometimes, and he's like, Oh, my balls, man, my nuts. But they're screaming it because there's girls there and they're at that age where it's fun to say everything on your mind and every little thing's a swear word, and it's like F this and F you, man, and they're screaming. So, okay, they were, like, swearing the F word at a kid's yeah, park. Yeah, they're in a – it's – I think you call it a pavilion. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, this, I know. Yeah, yeah. this overhang with a picnic table, and it's park adjacent. It's right mm-hmm. there. But they were – Lucy was at the other end. Like, she wasn't at the swing set. The swing set's pretty close to the pavilion. Yeah. So I'm pushing Betty on the swing set, and Betty mm-hmm. doesn't parrot words yet. She's just one. And Lucy, who can – hear swear words and repeat them if they're heard not that i've heard her ever say any swear words yet thank goodness she was playing further away so i'm just debating do i say anything like Mm -hmm. this is a kid's park i'm really the only person there i'm very intimidated by these kids i'm thinking what could go wrong i talk to these kids they say hey this creepy old look at this creepy old guy because i got a mustache (laughs) i looked a mess this day my hair is everywhere they get called their brother their weird brother to beat me up their dad They get maybe they decide they can take me on because they're trying to impress the girls. Maybe they throw something at me. Maybe they have a knife. All these rational or irrational thoughts are going through my mind. I don't know because I'm thinking there's possibility my worst fears could be realized here if I act (laughs) on this. I swallow my pride. I don't say anything. I'm feeling a little bad about it because I'm like I should have stood up for the park. (laughs) For the park. Because I'm too. I have tattoos. Shane pulled his sleeves up as he said that. Well, to show you my tats. <laughs> no, I, but, I'm just saying because they can't see. It was a good move. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I was wearing a jacket, so I wasn't feeling as confident and cool. So I go home thinking about it. Today, you had to get your mouth frozen for uh, what, cavities? Yeah, I had to fillings? get fillings. How are you feeling right now? Terrible. Buddy? Is your mouth... Can you talk okay? Mm-hmm. You sound it's, good. You know what? In the last half hour, it's it's gotten less frozen, but it's still quite frozen uh, and painful. But we're, we're doing we're doing good. But yeah. So you, so you went back to the park? Pack the kids in the wagon. This time, Lou's kicking Betty the whole way, screaming. <laughs> it's just a different vibe. And I'm not having... I'm in no mood to like... I'm like, I hope those little punks are there. <laughs> so I go to the park. Sure enough, the punks are there again. But now they've got a little girl with them. Like so, a, like a like a toddler. A three-year-old. Oh. It's three. Lou's actually a little bigger than this girl. Mm-hmm. So the the girls, they leave the pavilion, they throw their dart that they're hacking and they throw it away. And they come to the park. And they're actually being kind of appropriate. The the girls are. Mm-hmm. And and then Lucy's playing with the little girl. And again, I'm pushing Betty on the swing and I'm pushing Betty while I'm monitoring Lucy. And I'm thinking this is going to end badly somehow. Something's <laughs> going to happen. I'm going to have to intervene. But no, these girls are like, oh, we should Aww. play tag. And Aww. I actually brought a tear to my eye. You know, every, anything makes me yeah. emotional. I'm like, they're playing tag and everything, running around. Aww. But then the guys come over. And the guys start talking about their balls again. What? The guy got hit. They're always hitting each other in the nuts. You know, <laughs> you know, when you're young. And he's like, oh, fuck, man, and all this. So it's the F word. And I come over. I go, hey. I go, we can't use that language. That, th- these are three-year-olds. 
These are three-year-olds. My daughter goes to preschool. She parrots everything you say. You say- she, I go, she's going to go to preschool? And that's going to be a bad reflection on me because that's language you can't use if you're three. And, and I just stared at the guy. Wait. And I got my tattoos showing. And these... <laughs> These kids now, they look about 15 once they look at me. They kind of have little mustaches and they just stare me down. And I don't know what they're going to do. And they have backpacks that could be have knives or guns in them. I don't know. They just go, I didn't say that. I go, yes, you did. I heard you. They tried to just get yeah. out of it. Yeah. And they go, you're right. They go, sorry. Yeah, we won't. But then Lou got kicked out of the group because then they all went to the pavilion, took the yeah. little girl and I go, say thank you, Lucy, and say thank you for playing with me, and goodbye. And she goes, goodbye, thank you for playing with me. And she says it so perfectly, and they don't even say goodbye to Lou anymore. They what just means? walk away because the old, like, hot, tough guy with the long, flowing hair with the Wait, cool mustache told him off. Did the three-year-old say goodbye? Uh, no. Aw. No, they, they they sequestered her away pretty quick, and now it's I'm the big meanie for putting my foot down. That's see okay you are in the right for putting your foot down because I did that to a group of adult men. Do you remember that? No. Last summer, my parents have neighbors who have adult sons, and they had buddies like at the house. And the one buddy, I guess, had a bad day, and he's like, "F this, f that." I was effing doing this, and then she effing did that, and going off screaming. And Lucy and I are playing in the like the little water table at the side of my parents' house. So I go to the I am with Lou and I go, hey, we can hear you over here. And then they just kind of look at me and the guy continues. So I got up. I said to Lucy to stay there. I got up and I went right in the middle. I was pregnant with oh, it was when I was pregnant with Betty. And I went right into the middle of this like group of men in their mid to late twenties. And I told them off. What does telling them off entail? No, I told them that the language was disgusting and that they are not to speak like that in the middle of the street when there's children and families and everything close by and that he needed to get lost or like go in the house or shut mm. up or something. But I was not using nice language either because I was so mad. And then I went and I told the parents, I knocked on the door and I told the parents of the boys who are men. And then I also told on them for speeding down our street. You know, that guy, that one truck, Yep. With the white truck with the red trailer? Yes. That's their truck. So I was like, plus, I see your kids speeding down my street. And I have little kids that, you're, you know, are playing. You're a bit of a vigilante. Yeah. You just go and tell the parents of the adults. Just find their homes and talk to their parents. They're still scared of their own parents. But Shane, I would be more scared of the kids. Because they're more volatile. Yeah, they'll throw rocks. They have nothing to lose. But <laughs> so this is done, seemingly. I turn my head to give Betty some attention. Mm -hmm. Old man pulls out a bag full of chocolate and starts giving it to Lucy. You're kidding me. No. He looked weird, this person. He Wait, looked, how old? He, he was probably 49, but he looked 59. And I walked right up to him like with purpose because now I'm like the terminator <laughs> of the park. And I'm just like, hey. And he's just smiling. <laughs> And I'm trying to be tough. I'm like, she can't eat chocolate from a stranger. <laughs> and, but I don't know what to do. Like, I, now I'm offensive. And the guy's just happy. This guy's like an eternally happy guy. He's not angry. And he, he, I don't think English was his first language. Oh, no. So he's just smiling. He goes, uh-oh. <laughs> and I go, 
I go, yeah, it'll spoil our dinner. <laughs> kidding me. Yeah. And then I turned like Mr. Nice Guy and I'm like, thank you. I go, let's get in the wagon. And then I put both kids in the wagon and left. <laughs> but it was just because I, I don't think this guy was a creeper. Oh, that's wild. So wait, what do we do about this park now? Because if there are like angry kids that age can be vol- volatile because they don't have the sense of mortality that you know weighs on the rest of humans between ages like 13 to 19 or 13 to 18 you just are a little destructive i i find kids between the ages of 12 and 15 more intimidating than 16 17 18 19 yeah because i think if it came to blows you can justify hitting a 17 or 18 year old (laughs) because of that but if they attack you, like let's say a 17-year-old weighs 170 pounds, comes at me. If yeah. I hit him, I'm like, hey, he's coming at me. But if a 12-year-old comes at me and I deck him. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think once you're 16, 17, 18, even 17, 18, 19, you just have more of an understanding of how things work and you have more empathy. And I think that before that, Kids just don't have that sense of empathy developed, and that kind of scares me sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, no, because I, you and my dad were playing tennis one day, and I was watching the girls at the park adjacent to the tennis court, and there was a group of like 13, 14 year olds mm-hmm. there that were being smoking. Maybe it was the same group, honestly. It was boys and girls, they were smoking and swearing. And I was shocked that they were smoking, shocked because they yeah. were so young. But they were like ditching their cigarettes in the grass and just I was scared that I was going to have to say something and I didn't. I can Mm -hmm. almost guarantee it's the same group. Yeah. But moving on today, I had to have another tough conversation earlier in the day. Ah. I I spoke with my dad and I hadn't sat down and had a serious conversation with my dad in the longest time. It was supposed to just be a five minute conversation, ended up being an hour where I unpacked a lot of stuff. And it was awkward, mm-hmm. especially for him, I think. But it was it, it was all about boundaries. And we had had a boundary conversation with your parents before, mm-hmm. which we've discussed on this podcast. But this was about passive aggressive behavior. Right. And how toxic that can be within the confines of a caretaker for your child. So, you know, if it's a babysitter and they do something wrong and you say, oh, you just have to do this. Usually they're fairly accepting, mm-hmm. but if it's a, your parent and you're telling all of a sudden your parent yeah. that they're doing something wrong, sometimes they can react in a way that's like, well, I just shouldn't do anything then. Why? I'm never going to take the grandkids out or whatever. This was mm-hmm. a car seat issue, by the way, and there was a car seat problem. I addressed it that, hey, you got to check with me on how mm-hmm. to do the car seat. And then it it blew up into, well, maybe I should just never drive the children. Anyway. Had a conversation about how passive aggressiveness can be just as toxic as overt anger. And we have to be able to have these conversations with you and not walk on eggshells because this is about children now. And this is about safety and it trumps everything. And if Alex and I never had children, Mm -hmm. like if you and I never did, I would never have to have this conversation with my dad because I could just avoid it. Yeah. But in a way, it was good to have that conversation because it led to larger conversations. I talked to him about stuff I would have never said to him or had the excuse to talk about. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, it's got me feeling a little 
interesting. You know? No, I know. I, I've been wanting to ask you about it. I know we spoke a little bit about it today, but it is hard to have those conversations. And like, I'm super close to my parents. And even as much as we talk and as much as we feel comfortable opening up in those ways emotionally, it's still hard to have a serious conversation where you know you might be causing them to hurt in some way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you said that you were, you were quite calm going into it because yeah. you knew where it, you wanted it to go. But during the conversation, like, did you ever, were you able to maintain that calm or, or did you ever get emotional and was it ever difficult? I feel like I was fairly calm. I definitely got emotional. Like my dad's talking about how his dad was as a dad. I'm talking about how my dad was as a dad. Well, when, when other than today is the last time that you and your dad ever talked about like feelings or emotion, anything like that? Never. Never? Never. No. So it was, it was a landmark day. Yeah. I would say something and my dad would say, well, my dad never taught me how to drive because I was saying how my dad never taught me how to drive. And I'm like, yeah, dad, and I'm trying to break the cycle here. Like, let's try to, my dad's probably a little more emotional than his dad was in Mm -hmm. in a good way. And I want to be totally open with my kids. You have the jello set for for older people sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you you can acknowledge it a little bit and try to augment it just enough. Well, you can acknowledge it. And I think, you know, you mentioned that had we not had children, maybe you guys wouldn't be having this conversation because it would be just easier to ignore. And how great is it that we can, you know, the kids have in this situation specifically have become an excuse to have this larger conversation that will improve your relationship and your bond and your closeness going forward. It's like not just because the kids and being able to hang out with them more, but actually being able to use that as an excuse to dig a little bit deeper and get like he's talking about his dad with you and like, Mm -hmm. you know, similarities in your childhoods. And that makes it tough too because then, you know, obviously you in here are totally involved in your childhood and that makes it hard. But to have that conversation to start that that kind of healing or that repair process is amazing. And I just think what it can become and it it almost seems like that could be like today the conversation can be like a starting point for, you know, a future relationship that is still yet to develop kind of. Yeah, it's tough, though, because you talk for an hour and you say good things and you say bad things. Mm-hmm. But often the takeaway that the person is left with is all the negative things. I, I think that's because it's hard to hear. And then you probably dwell on that. But I I think that while that might be the immediate takeaway, I don't think that's necessarily the long term takeaway. I think the long term takeaway is, you know, let's let's get better. Like, let's get better at communicating. Like, Shane, you are 38 and you just had your first like would you say it's like your first heart to heart with your dad yeah yeah and that's amazing that you can at 38 and at his age actually say you know what this is worth talking about let's sit down and do it like that's amazing yeah but i think he could be left with thinking i don't think he's a good dad and as much as i said no i'm not saying that you know i i think you're a good dad and i think my mom's a good mom mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah. Well, I, I think maybe he'll think that initially just because he's maybe taken aback. But I do think that, you know, and the more you tell him and reassure him, because I think that you're it's on you to also do that 
and be reassuring. And then I think, honestly, it's only so positive from here. And no, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you did that. I was really uh, proud of you for taking that step. Yeah, it felt good mm-hmm. to do. Hopefully it, it ends up being good in the long run. Only time will tell. It can only be good in the long run, honestly. Um. Okay. Stress of updating our house. Now, we, we've, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. What I've realized is even if you want to throw money at a problem, people don't want to catch it in some cases. Yeah, no. Like I thought money could just make a renovation process happen. And you've got three workers on the go who are in love with you and they call you at all hours of the day like have you sent them a photo of you or something no or just does a woman's voice just elicit so much generosity from these no i've been i've been dealing so i dealt with so many like i called about 20 fireplace stores to determine who i wanted to work with and I was having a really hard time finding people that I trusted. So we're I trying trusted. to get a new fireplace. And a mantle. And it's yeah. like we have an old house, so it's a hard process. It's not so easy. Anyhow, I, I finally, I meet this guy via the phone from calling his fireplace store in Scarborough, Edward. Dear Edward, I love him. He and I have been talking on the phone every night for the past two weeks. He calls me around eight. We talk for, what, a half hour, 40 minutes every single night about fireplaces and about the job and it there's so much to discuss and I always think I'm like okay this is gonna be my last conversation with Edward like we have nothing more to talk about and then a situation arises and we have another hour-long conversation he called me today at work I gave him a breakup email because I found somebody else to do the job who's he calls closer you at all hours like nighttime it was like <laughs> 9 p.m he's calling what if this guy looked like Sam Hewen from that perverted show you like? It's not perverted. What's it called, that show? Outlander. Outlander. If he looked like Sam Hewen from Outlander, would you have a major dilemma on your hands? No, but I would be like very flattered, but I wouldn't have a dilemma. Anyhow, uh, I gave okay, him- Okay, let's say you meet him and you make a deal with him and you go to shake his hand. Like, let's say this is pre-COVID times or right. 10 years from now. And he goes to shake your hand, but instead of shaking it, he goes to kiss it. Would you let him kiss your hand? Yeah, I've let people kiss my hands lots. I think that's fine. Lots? When when does this happen? I don't know. Lots? When's the last time someone kissed your hand? I don't know. Lots of people have kissed my hand, like as a hello. (laughs) I know. What? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Where? Are you going to weird balls? (laughs) You're like you're like the kids at the park. (laughs) Love balls. (laughs) No, I don't know. I've just it's just, I've, I don't know. So hand kissing is allowed in the relationship? Yeah, I think it's just a... Uh, if someone kissed my hand, you'd be cool with that? Well, it's not really done that way. But, well, in your circle it is, apparently. No, but I mean like, you know, a woman's not necessarily always Am kissing Am I allowed to kiss a woman's hand? No. You're allowed to have your hand kissed, Well, though. Shane, I, my hand hasn't been kissed since we've been married. What about cheeks? Oh, yeah, but that's just like a way of saying hello to people. Okay, so would this... You can kiss people's cheeks. That's fine. Like if you're saying like hi and you give them like the peck on each side, that's fine. Tongue or no? Get out of here. You're just trying to round me up. Okay, but a man can kiss your hand now that we're married. And in this situation, if you signed the gas fireplace... I'm pretty sure Edward's like 65. Okay, continue. Sorry, I sidetracked. So I, I had a really hard day today, actually, because, you know, Edward's boss, he... Their shop is like an hour and a half from our house. And Edward had an install guy. He had a mantle guy. They were all willing to do the work. But then the the guy who owns the shop was like, hey, 
what if they need service in the future? Like, we're not, we're not going to do that. And then I found somebody in our city who I've now developed a good relationship with as well. So I give, I give Edward this email and it's like, you have been so helpful. I've appreciated your honesty, your time, because you spent so much time on the phone with me. And it was essentially a breakup email. And it was hard to write because I have enjoyed chatting with him. It was really hard to write. It made me sad. But that was it. And I was like, okay, it's done. Like, this is just a fireplace guy that I've never met. Like, it's done. Five minutes later, I get a call on my phone. <laughs> Fire's not out. Amber's still burning. <laughs> we did. Uh, the fireplace that we're getting, babe, has endless embers. Oh, That's is it what embers? I always say embers. No, embers. Embers. E. Mm. Got to change that. Uh, but he called me five minutes after I sent that email. Saying? He goes, so you found a guy. And I said, I did. I found a guy. <laughs> and he this goes, is weird. Oh, well, I'm, he goes, I'm happy for you. He goes, please, if you have any questions in the future, don't hesitate. You know, we're always here for you. And it was then we had like the breakup call. Would he be doing this if this was a man? Let's say I s somehow you have my voice. Mm -hmm. You say all the same words. Mm -hmm. Is this relationship changed at all? You know, I don't think so because I started reading the reviews for them online. Any ma male reviews? Yes. And people are like, Edward was with me every step of the way, answering all my questions. And as much as I would like to say differently, Shane, like I thought I was special, but I just think he's like... The nicest dude. So, I mean, if you live in Toronto area, like Scarborough, go to Classic Fireplace, ask for Edward, and he's the best. So, I mean, there you go. There you go, yeah. indeed. Should we get to this episode? Let's get to it. Yeah. Okay, numero uno, interview. Emma Watkins. Emma Watkins. But before we get to Emma, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip Spirits solve the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Because as a non-drinker, it never feels good when your only options are like water, soda, or sugary mocktails. So now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. So whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grow 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a splash of tonic like we had tonight. But if you're like us and you usually want to make more complex cocktails, you can check those out in the Seedlip cocktail book or on their Instagram account at seedlip underscore na so head on over to seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit again that's seedlipdrinks.com and thisfamilytree10 it's available in canada and in the u.s and now let's get to our interview with emma watkins hi hey <laughs> <laughs> okay this is the highlight of this year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I assume you know then, Emma, that these are not dunce caps. They are birthday hats because we want to wish you a happy belated birthday. <gasps> Thank you. I've actually I've brought um, belated birthday flowers into the shot here. They look beautiful. So yeah, those are really nice. On, we're really on brand here with the birthday. <laughs> what's on the what's on the birthday? These are dinosaurs. I believe that's a T-Rex. 
Yes. I love yes. it. Right? I know. I it's it. it's a good theme. We don't really have anything else <laughs> oh, to wait, go yeah. in the theme. There you go. Woo! <laughs> it's balloon, yeah. <laughs> this is great. I've I've actually very genuinely missed you both. Oh Aww. my god. Well, that has made our year, I think, in turn. But but Emma, truly, happy birthday. How did you're the same Thank age you. as me? You were born in eighty nine, right? Yes. Yeah, same. So I turned thirty two in March. And oh, I, I happy ha- birthday. Well, thank We've you. We missed it. A, a while ago, <laughs> Emma. But <laughs> I always heard and always read that 32 was the best year and like was a great year. And I was always excited about it. And I'm already feeling great. It's been a great year. And I want to know, do you feel like things are, you know, first day of being 30 or not first three days of being 32? How does it feel so far? It does feel good. I mean, here in Australia, it's spring as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's just turned over to fall yes. where yes. you are, but here in when it's spring, and because I feel like it's my birthday, this is when it feels like exciting things happen. Yeah. So I will, I will say I'm with you there. Thirty two. Right. Happiness. It's, it's apparently it's apparently a magical year for women. I didn't women. know that. I've never heard this. I've oh, never, for women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I told you when we okay. first started dating. I was like, apparently, thirty two is like a great year for women. Oh. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I used to tell you that when you were twenty six. You told me that. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I told you women peak. She's at organized. Wow. <laughs> She's organized. She's a woman. Yes, of course. And I wanted to ask, how are peaches and dolce doing? They're so good, and and I I did feel that this would be the start of today's chat because <laughs> I have actually um, moved from the house that I was in where we oh. interviewed last time. Yeah, and now that we're in a transition mm-hmm. house, we're in an apartment. I don't have peaches and dolce with me, but they're staying at the farm that they came oh, from. Nice. Oh, okay. That's nice. So you don't you won't have any um, goat bleating. No bleating <laughs> in this episode. Do, you, um, do they I, visit though? Are the goats allowed in the apartment or is there a rule against it? No, no but the main issue is that we're still in lockdown here mm. in Sydney. So we can't travel a certain distance to go and see anyone or goats. Wait, so you, you can't like go into another, another town even? No, we can't go beyond 10 kilometers of where we are currently so um my goats are probably 20 kilometers away so we're just a bit i haven't seen them for about three months well they were great on facetime on zoom with us do you ever get to like facetime them i don't i get pictures like picture updates but that's about it but i think since i saw you last time i have a new dog i wanted to ask yes the (laughs) cutest is it like is it a golden like a doodle of some sort it's a it's a it's a, a toy poodle he's actually here Oh my, Did you meet oh my goodness. Did you meet him last time? No. no. What's his name? Oh, Rupee. Like Rupert? Nice. But he's definitely a Rupee. He's definitely Rupee. I love him. Emma, he's so sweet. He's, actually, he's beautiful. And he was very um, busy when we got him and very like puppy-like. Yeah. And now, since being in lockdown, he just wants to cuddle. Obviously not now because he's found a toy. So we just... <laughs> Well, that's has he met the goats yet? Yes, he has. Yes, he has met the goats. He will meet the goats. I like it. I like it. Well, okay. (laughs) Now I gotta say, this I I was excited for the animal chit chat, but not only was it your birthday, Emma, this week. 
but it's also the Wiggles. Like you guys have a birthday. It's the 30th anniversary of the Wiggles this year. So congrats on that. You're absolutely right. Thank you. The Wiggles are, are turning 30. So whilst we're celebrating just to 32, <laughs> um, essentially the same decade of celebration um, for the Wiggles. I mean, it's quite amazing. Three decades of music and traveling and touring and entertainment over many different incarnations of the group and so yeah. it has been a really poignant year and quite special because it's given us a chance to reflect on a lot of the things that the Wiggles have been you know a part of and have contributed to over this many years but we haven't been able to tour very much at all so we we had a really amazing opportunity at the beginning of this year around your birthday <laughs> um, we traveled to New Zealand because we were allowed to travel then and it was so nice to be there mm -hmm. and I think because everyone was for the first time in such a long time after lockdown, everyone's like, finally, there's a Absolutely. concert. Um, it was just beautiful. It was only a two-week tour, two and a half weeks, but traveling and visiting lots of families and, and children there. And then we actually toured in Australia for about a month, maybe five weeks. And then since then, we haven't toured. And so that's been that's probably since May. Well, you know, yeah. even even without the touring and the lockdowns, and like we haven't, we haven't seen, we've, we went to one concert in this entire mm. what like two year period almost but the wiggles put on one of my favorite musical experiences of quarantine so far like of the whole pandemic and that's when you guys were on triple j's like a version doing elephant yeah. by tame impala yeah. so you mashed up for those listening they did a mashup of tame impala's elephant and then fruit salad and like, like a version cool. is like it's, it's a, a very cool cool bad a show like it's it's mm -hmm. awesome but that was we i want to hear but that no, was like continue. a rock star moment you were like a serious rock drummer in that emma um i had to very much practice <laughs> <laughs> and i i wasn't ready for i don't think any of us realized how uh how exciting it would be for other people to see this kind of mashup mm -hmm. and to see us play song a song that we wouldn't normally play and you know along the way wiggles have always taken on requests and and recorded songs that may not be theirs or you know for an adult audience for example but this was something particularly different in that we knew that we wanted to do something um aussie but something that was cool and probably not in our our main target yeah. audience, but really for parents um, that yes. may be in that yes. in that um, audience group. But when we went to practice, and the Wiggles don't really rehearse anything that much because it's all very spontaneous and live and improvisational, and it you know mm -hmm. that's that's the beauty and the happiness of of the show. And so for us to actually choose a song and sit down and work out how to play a piece of music that's not within our background of music at all. And especially for me, uh, not being a musician per se as my strength um, or talent that I would do in a talent show, I wouldn't be choosing um, a musical instrument. <laughs> um, uh, I had to learn the drum pattern. And then I don't know if you can see in the video, I've actually got my notes taped to the top drum. Oh, I didn't notice I did that. Not notice no. that. No. I, I'm gonna watch for that and though. That was very <laughs> stealth. Very stealth. I I didn't realize and I had I had like Nana's tea towel on on the snare. <laughs> and then and then I had my notes stuck to the top 
Tom and I'm like well that's okay that if they're going to film from here no one will see I didn't realize it was a top down shot and so then in the edit I've realized that my notes um are out and about but it's just like scribbles it's like eight yeah. counts and then a scribble just to tell me that there was the drum fill at that time <laughs> um but it was just a really complex song it doesn't sound complex but it's just a rhythm pattern and, and a structure that's not um familiar with us at all and was but that one take we did have to play the song in one go um, and I think we did it maybe about three times. But, yes, they they prefer just to have it as one, almost, you know, as if mm-hmm. as if it was properly properly live essentially. And there was no chance to, like, fix anything up. So right, that's yeah, all, that's old school. You know, it's a live take, yeah, it's a live take. So it's quite, you know, the pressure's on to yeah. be um, Tame Impala too. Is there more pressure when you know that the target audience is – your peers or other adults, in other words? I think so, but I think it's purely because it's performing a skill or something that isn't the normal Mm -hmm. skill that you'd be doing. So it's not like being Emma Wiggle and being on stage and and knowing exactly how she might be and, you know, the interaction with the audience is, is actually very genuine. In this way, the reaction is quite genuine, but we were just a bit more worried because we wanted to make sure that we were doing a good job mm-hmm. for Team Impala as well. I was like, they're going to probably watch it. <laughs> and if they watch it, I hope they're okay with it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, I think that was, it was just stressful because we were trying to uphold this, you know, legendary, you know, musical adventure for Tame Impala and all of Tame Impala's followers. So that was important to us. Well, you guys had one of the most legendary Australian guitarists playing with you. Right, the old Red Wiggle, Murray. Mm-hmm. So Murray, that, I mean, that was huge. Yeah. Like him being there is awesome because he is so. And I didn't even know this. I didn't know how revered he was as a musician until our kids got into the Wiggles, and then ah. like I, I realized he was huge, especially in Australia. And because Murray, you know, he's such a rocker, he plays with bands, you know, even now and has been since that we've been the new generation of the Wiggles mm-hmm. and plays lots of different types of music and grew up completely infatuated with playing the guitar. So, you know, this is his bread and butter. He loves this kind of, you know, challenge because it's a musical experience that, you know, he just relishes in. So we were, mm-hmm. we were so grateful to have him. We're like, oh, good, someone's going to be able to get us through this song. <laughs> Okay, um, f- but you know, yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm okay, Emma. If you could choose the next cover song, what would it be? Oh, oh that's a great. Well, I, I mean, I'd like to. Okay, I think it's just gonna. No, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Instinctly, I would like to say Spice Girls, but that's probably not going to work. It, it um, could. Spice like up your wannabe? life. Well, spice, oh, spice up, your, up life. your life. You think okay. it's like all different spices. It's kind of fruit salad y, right? Yeah, like we can all be different. Yeah, we can all be different spices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can be spice girls and boys. Yes. Spice and anyone. People. So spice people. Spice people. So, I mean, I'd like to say spice girls just because that's happy. Yeah, that would be so fun. That would be, especially for our age group, Emma, like such a callback to everything. Wiggles that people grew up with, Spice Girls that we grew up with after the Wiggles. And then that that would be a perfect adult mashup, I think. <laughs> and I, I highly I mean, suggest... I ha- I'll have to talk to them. I'd have to talk to the boys about this. If you need us to put um, in a word, uh, we are more than yes. willing to. At least I am. Thank well- you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what was the approval process like? Because you're doing something kind of adult and you're mm. children's entertainer. Is it like, okay, yep, that's cool. Do it. Or is it a lot of things to go through before they give you the thumbs up? In this particular case, it was really about the wheels coming together for the 30 year anniversary. And so whilst, whilst we're still appearing as wiggles, we knew that it was almost a tribute to the original Wiggles. So we call them the OG Wiggles, the originals. And so having the OG Wiggles there, you know, I think naturally falls into that category where, you know, young teenagers are, have watched the Wiggles and they might have been their Wiggles. That's my dog that's scratching. <laughs> he keeps putting the ball on the table and wants me to throw it off. Sorry about that. Um, but that particular age group has already you know, has grown out of the Wiggles, mm -hmm. but they remember, you know, their childhood memories of Murray and Jeff and Anthony. And so it's kind of, it is that, it, I think maybe the reason why it was so watched was because the age bracket was so broad. It's like, oh, I remember, they're, they're my Wiggles. Oh, but these are my children's Wiggles mm -hmm. and I'm a grandma Wiggle now. You know, like they're just, <laughs> there was so, there was just so many elements to it. Mm -hmm. So even though we were still dressed as a Wiggle and playing music, I guess for children watching, they would just assume that we were playing a piece of music, but just with less dancing, for example. <laughs> we tried to make it a little bit wiggly so it wasn't so, um, you know, hard rock. Not that that song's hard rock, but, you know, obviously <laughs> I have no idea. I was just really focused on playing the It drums. was great. It was so fun to watch. We have some Australian listeners and they sent us the link like right before it started. So we oh. tuned in. It was so fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Mm. I'm glad you got to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was everywhere in Canada. Everyone yeah. was watching it. That's great. <laughs> mm -hmm. now, oh, yeah, obviously, we have to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you haven't been with the Wiggles for 30 years. Like, it's been six years? I've been with the company for 12. 12. And I've been a Wiggle for eight. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is my ninth year, essentially. Oh, wow. I, wa yeah. I wanted to ask, what's your favorite memory as a Wiggle so far? Oh, that's so good. That's a good question. Um, It's definitely, I mean, m when I think about memories in general with, with the group, I think about children that we've met children that have really had an effect on us or, or a family that's been really important. And I guess because we're learning about their struggles, mostly before the shows, we have a big meet and greet. And sometimes those meet and greets are facilitated for children that might not be able to come to the show because there's too many people. It's too overwhelming and it's, it's too, um, it's over-sensory. Um, so we get to meet children that might join us for the meet and greet but not come to the shows or, or for that matter. I'm trying to think we've had so many at this and that sounds weird but we've had lots of children come to those meeting greets or we met them in hospital that have very very sadly passed away mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's probably what it's 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 what stays with you because you feel that you actually met the child and you had a moment before they're no longer with us. And so sometimes the family still keep in contact, but there's a little girl that actually lives not far away from me in this area. And we met her and her name's Harper. And she was four, I think she was just about to turn five and she found out that she had brain cancer. And so they'd been going, they'd, she'd been undergoing intensive therapy for about 10 months. Mm -hmm. And so it was very tragic 
uh, obviously for the parents who this is their first child and, you know, so particularly devastating because she was at that age where she'd already, she's already a personality, she knows what she likes. Mm-hmm. And anyway, she was very, very ill and she couldn't come to the shows and we actually paid her a visit at her house um, because she doesn't, didn't really live that far away and we knew that she, her situation was scary, as in for her her time of life, we knew that we didn't, we couldn't quite pinpoint whether whether she'd make the show that was in a couple of months' time. And actually we performed in her backyard and her dog was there. Her dog was basically the audience, her <laughs> and the dog and, and her beautiful mother, um, Helena, had made us cupcakes like with yellow icing and we were, we were singing with her and she just wanted to like hold my hands and like dance in a circle and then she wanted to show me her room and, you know, we came back outside and the, we were in the cubby. Next minute I'm in the cubby house with her and, you know, we formed such a, you know, you get to know the family really well really quickly because it's such an emotional experience and I just will never forget that day in the backyard um, at their place and sadly uh, she did pass away not long after we met her but we still keep in contact with her beautiful parents Lee and Helena and um, they've actually you know and whilst they've been through so much grief they've actually got a new little baby boy now so there is obviously some happiness within within the situation but we will never forget Harper we will never forget her because she was just very bright and very musical she wanted to dance with us and that experience was important sorry that was no no, no, that, no was Emma, that was amazing that was amazing and this is a podcast everything's long form it's perfect but you know I recently read an article and it is amazing the impact that you guys have on your listeners and people do form such connections with you There was a woman I was reading about in Australia and she was dying of COVID and she wouldn't put in the breathing tubes. Yes. And what what happened? Because I I know it said Wiggles, the headline was like Wiggles save Australian woman's life dying of COVID. Mm. A beautiful young woman in Melbourne, actually. Mm. And the, the nurse had contacted the Wiggles through online inquiries or Twitter or something, you know, generally when there's a child that or a young adult that's particularly unwell, um, we'll get messages from all angles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, you will start to get messages, like, on Facebook and then Instagram and then we all chat with each other, like, have you got this message? Like, so that we can cover all the bases and we usually when we see the same name pop up, you know, that's when we know oh. it's particularly serious or mm-hmm. particularly concerning. And, yes, oh. at the time, because we're in lockdown, not all of us could be in the same studio. Oh. But Anthony and Simon did go into the Wiggles office to film a video for Sarah so that she could see Anthony using an oxygen tube. And so for us to be able to model that activity um, for children and for young adults in a, in a space that they feel safe and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe alongside a song and, you know, if we're there and we're able to comfort, um, you know, that particular um, adult or child in that situation, that's what ended up happening. So they did almost an instructional video on, you know, that everything's okay and that this tube is going to be really useful and you can breathe really easily with the tube. And so apparently then after she saw the video, she oh. felt comfortable um, being able to use the oxygen tube and um, she was on the road to recovery. And so really from the nurse's, you know, recognition that she was just really anxious about the scenario, um, that's really how it came about. And so, you know, we do feel a sense of responsibility in in making a visual presentation and a musical presentation that is comforting 
to those that need it. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like you're putting together a video or a song that's going to be useful um, for someone's health or someone's mm-hmm. life or going to have a positive impact to get them through that situation. So, yeah, Sarah, she's doing really well now. That's amazing. Um, um, but it was a beautiful story and a very quick reaction on on, on behalf of the Wiggles. So, yeah. No, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, like getting into it. So your background is in dance, right? And so you're an entertainer and it, it's entertaining to watch somebody dance. It's amazing. But then when you get involved in the Wiggles and in the position you're in now, you know, there are so many people and we have kind of learned that after our last interview with you, we had several young adults who are like obsessed with you, the Wiggles, really love it, contact us and be like, oh, you know, we love that interview. And they just love you, Emma. And it's it's really amazing to see. But does does the pressure, because like you said, it's it's more than entertainment at this, you know, in a lot of circumstances. You are helping people do things. You're with people in really scary moments and really emotional moments. Does that ever get overwhelming or is, is it easy? I think it it's it doesn't feel easier. <laughs> um, but you are used to the experience. That's my dog. Sorry. <laughs> One second. We're letting we're letting the dog go outside. Um, sorry. That's that's a terrible time. It's par for the course, Emma. Just... Oh, honestly, I thought I actually thought this is going to be so calm. Rupi's going to be asleep, and everyone's going to be happy. But after he's not. the goat um, bleeding, this is nothing. I know, I know. <laughs> and I think when we when I first visited the hospital, I wasn't a wiggle, but I was. I joined the wiggles to um, go around to each ward and sing for the children and the families on Christmas Day. And it's something that the wiggles have been doing for over twenty five years. And they visit the children's hospital here in Sydney, and they try and visit every single child that that's feasibly possible you know some children you can only sing through the window because you you can't have more people inside the room Mm -hmm. if if their immune system is you know is not great and so interestingly the first one of the first times that I visited I actually was in the Dorothy the dinosaur costume and for me I was so happy to be in the costume because I was crying (laughs) I was bawling because I wasn't prepared for the reaction from the parents. So with the children, you know, they uh, they instantly recognize us generally and they're like, oh, great, it's a, it's a song. And really that's what we're there for, to create, you know, two minutes of calm, joyous, happy, a moment, even if it's not for the child, if the child can't participate in that way, but maybe for their siblings that might be there as well and the family. And so you, you're kind of there for that moment. But inside the suit, I was so distraught because I could see the parents, even though they knew it was a happy moment, they were crying because they, you know, it might be their last time or they've never seen their child be, you know, at least engage in music for a period of time. So it's just a very, it's a very full on experience, but it is beautiful. Rupi, stop it. Can you hear that scratching? Like, it's just ridiculous. I'm just... I'm just getting the door. Let's see. Let's see Hi, how Ruby. he does this. Hi, Ruby. Rupee. Yes, Rupee. Rupee. Oh, there it is. That's a good yawn. <laughs> so that was kind of the first experience. But then when, you, when you're a wiggle and you don't have a costume to hide behind, for the beginning, I would just try and not really get myself emotionally involved with the parents 
because I could see that it was their way of dealing with the situation. And as soon as I would look at the parents, I was just, I mean, you generally do cry, <laughs> um, but you know that you're there for a reason so that, not that it's not okay, that it's not okay to cry, mm-hmm. but you're trying to be strong for the children. And mm-hmm. the children might be like, why is Emma Wiggle crying? <laughs> um, so over time, um, you get used to trying not to block it out, but to focus on the child. So, you know, just trying to put all your focus there on, on the siblings and, you know, you're always there to comfort the parents. And, and generally after you've seen the child, if you've seen the parent outside in the mm-hmm. corridor, then, you know, it's a, it's a totally different um, conversation. I don't think it's ever gotten easier. It, you just you're just ready for the experience. I think over time. But we've met some amazing families and some incredibly resilient children that have to navigate some of these illnesses and diseases and situations that you just couldn't even fathom. And you know, you see the pain that's within the families, and you're just trying to do everything that you can to give them a moment of joy or less stress really speaking of stress how do you relieve your anxiety or like when do you get your reprieve and how much vacation time a year do the wiggles get two weeks it's it's (laughs) it's so interesting because we were so used to traveling for about 80 percent of the year and now because we haven't been touring for so long we've actually been at home so i feel like for the first time ever, even working from home has given us some moment to have, a, you know, to reflect and to even just have a break from all the traveling. Um, so I feel like you know, normally in, in within a normal touring year of the Wiggles of 30 years, we would probably have, you know, some time around Christmas and we get speckled weekends during the year because we don't really have a week because we're always traveling different borders and you're missing times and, and that's certainly fine. But now that we've been at home, you know, really relishing the time of a weekend like never before. I didn't even know what weekends were. <laughs> Yet, you know, still being able to chat to people and, and Zoom and, you know, these platforms of, and technology have it in, allowed us to engage with people even in places or countries that we wouldn't be able to travel to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been a full pivot in a sense that even though whilst we're not physically exerting ourselves like we probably would be and in that manner I think the last three months you know physically has been a good rest you know for our bodies um particularly at this time but we have weekends which is great at the moment that's amazing that's why yeah while we can can still connect with people and even if you're doing a weekly zoom party on a Saturday then that's okay (laughs) seems like a really great idea that's fun speaking of connection during quarantine Emma, something has changed since we last spoke. You have gotten engaged. I have. And I just realized I didn't I didn't put my ring on. <laughs> but I, maybe because it's a podcast. And I, I'd taken it off to clean. And then, like, I'm just going to go. Yeah, just, yeah let's like, see yeah. this thing. I mean, it's silly. Like, why did I... I, that's that's just really me, isn't it? Uh, no, I think Shane I'm was so Shane's s- looking at me right now to see if my, I have mine on because I take mine off to wash my hair sometimes, Same. and then I forget to put Same. it back on. Yeah. Same. And oh, nice. I know this is a podcast. I know it's a podcast, but of course, because I've I've missed you both so much. You're absolutely right. I did get engaged, and it's Congrats. been um, yeah. Thank you. That's what this year is. This year that's has amazing. been lockdown and changing the way love. that we're connecting with people love you know 
lots of puppy dogs and, <laughs> you know, waiting for the goats to rejoin the family. <laughs> now, would have this romance, this engagement, would it have happened if COVID hadn't? Because I, I know a lot of my friends oh. have gotten into relationships that they may not have otherwise because of COVID. I, I think for us, it's, that's not, it doesn't really apply because I think it would have happened anyway. Mm -hmm. But we're very, very lucky in, in that my partner, Ollie, um, was a guitarist on the show. Mm -hmm. So we were traveling together when the show was touring. So now that we're not touring, you know, it's given us a chance to be at home. And I think that I was going to say this before, but, um, and I can't speak on behalf of, of Lockie and Simon, but I, I do know that they've really enjoyed the time with their new families. Yeah. And maybe since we spoke last time, Lockie had twins. And, and maybe he had had them. And Simon yeah. had a baby and we hadn't spoken since then. So, you know, it's it really has been a time for family connection, you know, spending time at home, having a moment to reflect on how we can connect better with children and mm -hmm. families across the world. And you're right, it feels like a really pivotal year. While it hasn't been uh, like full-on you know, live touring and celebration for the 30th year. It really has been more reflective, but I feel mm -hmm. like when things are open, it's going to be super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Emma, we're just going to take a quick break to let everyone know who we are supported by. We are supported by True Earth. If you listen to our podcast, you know that Shane and I are reducing our environmental footprint in, you know, whatever ways that we can. We used to say trying to reduce our footprint. Now we're doing it. And one way that we are doing this is through eliminating single-use plastics in our house. And I mean, with two kids and lots of laundry between the four of us, our laundry room just gets so stacked up with plastic detergent bottles. The detergent comes in pre-measured soluble strips, which you just simply rip apart and then put them in your wash. It's that easy. When you say we discovered, you mean I discovered. You discovered, and I guess I use it because I do most of the laundry. Yes, they have great ad campaigns, even for just entertainment value. It's Go to true. their YouTube channel. It is unbelievable. And the best part of it all is, again, no plastic. The packaging is so compact. It has drastically changed the tidiness of the laundry room. And as a family with kids who have super sensitive skin, it's great that True Earth offers, you know, different types of detergents. So we like to go with the baby detergent because it's fragrance-free, gentle on everybody's skin, and it is still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and just crispy clean. So go and check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth. Now, how do you spell true? Well, it's just T-R-U. Perfect. There's no E. So true.earth and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. You're going to love this product. Take my word for it. And again, that is true.earth and thisfamilytree10. But we are also supported by Bravado Designs. Bravado Designs makes the most comfortable, the most practical, and just the best bras that you're going to get your hands on. I started using their bras when I was pregnant with Lucy and I needed, I sent Shane to a store. I needed something. He grabbed me just one of these bras, you know, as a fluke and I have not stopped wearing them. And it's amazing right now because they just came out with their everyday collection. So these don't have clips. They're not for, you know, nursing your babies and they're just for they're everyday not wear. They're not for nursing your babies. Oh, <laughs> you said they're not fur. I got gotcha. you. No. Sorry. You had a Minnesota accent they're for a second. They're fur everyday wear. <sighs> and they honestly do just look so nice like under your clothes. They just, they keep you looking great. And honestly, they feel so nice. They just, 
They're so comfortable. Well, it's funny because like I have nice. tiny yeah. I have tiny breasts and uh, my mom and my cousin have giant breasts and we all like Bravado Designs bras equally. I mean, they just offer the kind of support that you need depending on your boob size. What about mid-breasted people? Mid-breasted people are going to be happy too, Shane. Wow, so it really does work for everyone. Across the spectrum. So you can go get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off your order. Again, that's bravadodesigns.com and thisfamilytree20. And now back to our interview with Emma. Yeah. And okay. So I'm curious because obviously Ollie works just as hard. And like the Wiggles are one of the hardest working bands in the world. We know that any parent who watches and follows along with everything knows that. But Ollie, so he's in the Wiggles. He tours with you guys. And not only that, but he's in a band, I think still with Lockie and Anthony. Are they still doing that? Well, they haven't, they, they, we're all in different areas at the moment. So they haven't, we haven't been able to play music together necessarily in a physical space. Lockie's in a different state at the moment. So we're, we're unable to see him, but yes, they were performing in a band called the Unusual Commoners and it actually very much debuted in Canada. I have to say. It sounds like East Coast Canadian pub music. Yes. Yes. That's what we listen to in pubs. Yes. 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 (laughs) And it debuted debuted at the end of one of our Canadian tours a few years ago in Vancouver and we went to a particular place that wanted to have or basically allowed the guys to come and play music for the night. They didn't really mind that no one was going to come. They just wanted to have an option to play music that wasn't what they normally play in. And because they're such talented musicians, you know, the three of them all play multiple instruments, which is not normal. It's just amazing. Um, you know, it's a chance for them to play things that they either grew up with, you know, Anthony's background in Celtic music, you know, having having Irish heritage and being a huge part of the Celtic music world, you know, before he started with the Wiggles and uh, Lockie has a Scot- has Scottish heritage and, and loves Celtic music as well. And Ollie just knows all those kinds of tunes on all different instruments like banjo and mandolin and whatever so you know the three of them together they basically were just jamming in our sound checks on this music for years and then they're like maybe we should play it maybe we should play it as a set and so we uh when I say we, it's not me. Um, the boys, they, I just, I just fill in as a drummer every now and then. I'm like, oh yes, did it. And, um, I'm just happy to be there. But they did record a few songs, and so awesome. hopefully they'll be able to release some um, in time. Um, we can hurry them up. Yeah, that would be nice. But essentially, very almost like Newfoundland. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that, that kind of Celtic history, but. Scottish Irish traditional music style. What, no, one hundred percent. It's it's very much East Coast. Any Canadian listener like will get that. They'll just mm. get the sound from saying that. But I I do want to pivot back to the engagement okay. because I love I love a love okay. story. Everybody loves a love story. I want to know how it happened. Well. We, um, I'd just been on the tour actually, Ollie wasn't on the tour because he's um, very technical and is creating a new database for the Wiggles in in terms of all of our media so that we can actually, you know, 
distributed to people across the world and we're so excited that our YouTube channel is growing and it's growing so fast that we need to, you know, we've actually got all this content that people haven't seen for the last 30 years. And so Anthony's been trying to get everything from tape to digital and we're trying to upload it. So because people now like, you know, young adults in their 20s are like, I remember coming to the concert in 1994. Do you have the Do you have the, the full version of this? So, you know, that's what they're kind of building. And I'd come back from the tour. I think I'd come back from New Zealand and we hadn't seen his family for over a year because of the lockdown. They live in a different state. I mean, everyone's kind of in this situation where people are just everywhere and no one's seen their family. And Ollie had a chance to go and see them because our, the restrictions were lifted. And so I went down to join them and his sister had a new baby. And so it was a beautiful time to see them and celebrate the baby and it was Easter. And then it just happened to be, I think it was Easter Sunday. And he drove me to see his old house. And at the back of the house, um, because they live in the country, there's this beautiful reserve that has a river. And he showed me this bridge that he used to walk across to go to school. And so it was more like a bushwalk. And we were kind of just like walking at the back of this huge reserve in the middle of country, Australia. Um, and he was showing me this bridge and that some people walked by and I said to Ollie as a joke, I was like, oh, there's traffic here in Warrnambool because obviously <laughs> there's nobody that lives there. And he's like, yeah, and he was kind of stalling. Yeah. And I didn't know. I was like, why is he just not coming across the bridge? I was like, that's weird. Like, just walk. Just keep walking. <laughs> like, it's okay. And they had a dog and Ollie's a little bit scared of bigger dogs. So I thought, Okay, maybe he's scared of the dog. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. And we kept walking along, 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 and then we found another bridge. And then he's like, oh, this is the back of my school and, you know, this is where I used to hang out. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then we kind of just got to the bridge and he, turned, he just turned around to me and then he just started kneeling, like, like lowering. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he got like, quite emotional and he's not really... He wouldn't do that normally. And mm. I was like, what is this? Is this happening? <laughs> and I didn't even, he'd, he'd actually hidden the ring inside his jacket. So it wasn't like in a box or anything. And he just kind of pulled it up. It was upside down. So I didn't even see, I, I knew what was happening, but I didn't know. It's just classic Ollie. Like it was so casual. And I didn't know that anyone else knew, but obviously his family had known. And they're like, oh, enjoy the, enjoy the trip to see the house. And I was like, yeah, see you soon. We're back for afternoon tea. Like it was just very... Relax. And then, of course, we got back to the house and they're like, yay, surprise. So that was really lovely. And to see them, yeah, we hadn't seen them for over a year. So that was lovely. And still now haven't. Did it genuinely take you by surprise? Because I feel like that yeah. element of seems, surprise, yeah. well, it, it seems lost. Like Shane and I decided to get married over a bottle of wine on my thir what thirtieth? Yeah, we just came to an agreement, kind We're of. We're like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get, get married. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't romantic. Let's let's talk. Let's negotiate this. <laughs> Essentially, but then you did get down on one knee when the ring arrived. Oh, yes, when the ring arrived, and then we got married very fast. Yeah. Are you planning okay. on planning every minute detail and having this massive wedding, or are you thinking, let's just do it? I'm thinking something small, mm -hmm. but also we thought that it probably would have happened pretty quickly, but we can't travel to see anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so right now we've just put it on hold and really here in, in this particular state, we've had probably five of our friends that have delayed their weddings three times now. So I feel like I don't want to 
take a date away from my friends. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to let them because they've moved it so many times. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to let some people have their weddings. That's very mm -hmm. fair of you, Emma. It's very generous. And then <laughs> we will we'll, we'll join the booking situation because I feel like everyone's moved their date a whole year ahead. So venues have had to cancel, but then they just shift their whole calendar for a whole year. So people are still booked out, but no one can travel anywhere. It's so so I think our families would be upset if they couldn't yeah. see us, particularly because then they're in different states. So when things are lifted, we um, actually might plan something. That's so exciting. See, that's we we did we did a backyard barbecue wedding. Oh, which yeah, that's our vibe. I do that's highly recommend. Vibe. It was very nice. It was fun. Yes. We think it was very nice and fun. I think the guests did too. <laughs> but her family has a very beautiful backyard that is on like this mountain, and so it, it's it was nicer than it sounds in a way. It's extensive. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's not your general backyard barbecue, no. but it's but the the barbecue was ferns. like perfect like we had like cornbread it was like i don't know what australian barbecue is oh. like but it was like very american barbecue it was very tasty great yeah and very relaxed he, for me shane was really worried about his speech so he yeah. he couldn't relax until the <laughs> speech was too much on the speech but the speech shane. turned out so well it did. and hers well, she didn't put a lot of planning it. into it and it not that it turned out bad but it made me feel good for planning it I, I didn't know what okay. to say, so I just called him sexy a bunch of times. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> Shane, I wanted to know if you were wearing this party hat as part of your outfit on the day. Uh, if I was wearing this party hat? Or the, t or the two hat situation. No, I Shane, just... For those this who is can't for you, see, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is a cap with another hat on top, and it's very it's iconic. Cool. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Well, my yeah. hair has gotten so long. I have to wear. It's great. Yeah. I know. Because I haven't cut it in two years. Nobody nobody has. We're mm -hmm. all just letting it be and just being free. Hair in the wind. Yeah. Just going back to the 60s, 70s. Yeah. Just vibing. Vibing like, like the OGs. But okay. So because, Emma, I love talking about love. I want to know more about Ollie. I want to know more about you and Ollie. I'm sorry. Okay. If I'm deeding, deeding a bed horse, oh my gosh. But love languages, do you guys connect in those same ways? Like, do you know the five love languages? No. Okay. Well, I've heard of it, but please. Okay, so it's me. words of affirmation. Okay. Touch. Um, tokens of appreciation, so like gifts. Acts of service. Which one am I missing? Hold on, let me see if I wrote them down. Oh, tokens of quality time. So... What are yours? And then what are Ollie's? And do you guys, like, how do you uh, make that work? Because ours are very, very different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As in, you would like to know the categories? Yeah, yeah. So, like, how do you, wow. what really speaks to you? What way do you like to, like, receive love? And then does that, is that oh. kind of on par with Ollie's? For me, it is if somebody can find me a body of water. Like, I need a bath. Or I need to go to a pool. <laughs> so, Not even an ocean. You're happy with the bath. Happy. I'm so happy with the bath. All so right. if if Ollie finds the bath or if he's making the bath, I'm happy. <laughs> like I just need to be submerged in water all the time. I'm like that. Same. Mm -hmm. I could be in the bath for hours just reading a book. Mm -hmm. Hours. Yes. Like we are so busy there. So busy. Um, but for Ollie, 
his obsessions are different, mm-hmm. um, but he would very much just prefer to receive coffee constantly. So if <laughs> I make the coffee in the morning, yeah, then that's a good day. So acts and so of we service. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's an act of service. Mm-hmm. It that feels like it's on par. And I've only really drunk coffee maybe since I saw you guys last time. So I'm very new. I've never drunk coffee before, only the last couple of years. You and were like going trying... to sleep after the interview. Like, I need something. <laughs> yeah. I need anything. <laughs> Damn Canadians. They're so boring. <laughs> we, I had, we, he'd introduced me to Bulletproof Coffee, which oh, we yes. found in Canada, mm-hmm. America. And since the two are there, We've actually still been ordering it from America to come here to Australia. And so we, when I say I'm making the coffee in the morning, it's not just a normal coffee. Like it's got butter in it and it's got the right protein and the fiber and, and the special oil. And so if I make that, that's a happy time. That's amazing. We went through a phase yeah. of that. Do you yes, remember? We, we went through a phase of doing the butter coffee. And the way it, thro- uh, it froths it up, mm-hmm. it's like it's the best way to drink coffee. We haven't done that in a while. No. It, it's a lot, especially with the kids and everything. But, but we might need it more because of the kids. Okay. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Ollie would agree with you there. <laughs> so you're just doing one coffee a day though, right? I am. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, if it's, if it's a fun time, then he'll ask for another one. <laughs> Oh, I'm at three or four a day, so I'm just saying it's a yeah. slippery slope. Yeah, it yeah. is a slippery slope. But then once you once you once you've gone over to the butter coffee, um, you don't need as many per That's day true. because yes. it fills you up. So then you then you're actually you're on a different pathway. But it can be it can be, you know, confusing for your body to get on board with it initially. So you have to kind of ease into it. But we've been doing it solidly this whole time. <laughs> but that is Ollie's love language is coffee, anything tech. Like the amount of cables that have arrived here from online shopping <laughs> is ridiculous because Ollie loves music and audio and he's a sound engineer and so he's been trying to set up a home studio so that we can record from home to, you know, still facilitate recording music and recording videos. And so every time the door is knocked on or the doorbell or the whatever, I'm like, is it something for me? And he's like, no, that's another cable. I'm going to say maybe about 200 cables have entered this door in the last couple of months. Are you you exaggerating? No, absolutely not. That's wild. There's so many cables. I don't know what they would be for. Like I know the HDMI cable and then my iPhone cable and that's it. Oh, you would, I will send you a picture after this of us um, actually recording the new Emma series from this second bedroom in here where Ollie set up. Yes, because we've got all these restrictions. So Mm -hmm. we actually set up the studio here at home in the apartment and recorded pretty much most of the music for the new Emma series here. So his obsession with cables is good because it gave us a good opportunity to set up uh, almost like a a second studio here at home um, so that we can, and we've been able to all, like all Wiggles have been able to record remotely and like plug into the same program and and still record together and sing songs and, you know, Mm -hmm. get together. So that's been actually super useful. So I can't, I can't say I'm not happy about the cables. I just wish that the cables also came with cake. There you go. Mm-hmm. Or, or more or biscuits or something. Or, something. or yeah, and so and my other situation 
I mean, if chocolate mm. came into my possession, that would be amazing. Chocolate and body of water. You, you can't go wrong with that. That does sound incredibly no. relaxing. Like that, that does sound lovely. And I, I want to ask about the new Emma series coming out. But I, I thought of something because, you know, working at home, so you're locked down, your work is at home for both of you and you work together. And we experience that on some level with this podcast, with our other work that we do. And it's a lot to be not only navigating a relationship with your partner, but to be working with them and then navigating a work relationship with them as well. And so how do you guys kind of separate, if you do, like your relationship from the work when the work is you're in your home? You know, like do you do date nights? (laughs) I wouldn't say they're date nights, but it's just Ollie cooking, like Ollie cook night, as in every night, because I can't cook. He's much better than me. And I'm like, yay. So every night's, Every night's a date night if it's Ollie cooking night. That's like if I'm cooking, it's scrambled eggs. And so he doesn't think that's quite fantastic as much as I think that scrambled eggs are fantastic with cheese. And so that would be happy. I'd be happy about that. But we have made the coffee service, the coffee time. So in the morning, mm-hmm. we try to set out a certain amount of time so that we're not actually looking at our emails because you're right. It just starts to cross over and then I'd be up at 6 a.m. emailing or even in bed, like 11 p.m. emailing. He's like, are you still working? (laughs) I'm like, I am. Is that weird? He's like, I think you need to just stop, Mm -hmm. separate. So he's about the coffee time. Yeah. Which the coffee time is like a good two hours. That's an amazing coffee time. That's like the requisite coffee time to have a good day, I think. (laughs) We're up quite early. What time? Six. That's pretty good. Yeah, Five. that's early. Okay, I'm not a parent. No, we, no, no, I know no. we've talked about this before. I, it's fine. Six. I wake up at six, but I wouldn't otherwise. So if I did not have kids, then I would be baffled be why yeah. as to why you'd wake up at six. I am a little <laughs> bit baffled still. Well, and normally I would have to feed all the chickens and the roosters and the, the goats that you definitely experienced last time and it's a lot quieter now. We've just got one dog that's being annoying at the moment. But usually I would be up to feed everything. Mm-hmm. But now that we've got two dogs and two cats here, there's kind of like an understood timetable. So the dogs are in one – the dogs are happy in the day out here but the cats are asleep on the bed in the day and then we do like a swap over. It's like a 12-hour shift with the animals in here because it's quite small. And we've gone from having 10 animals to four. <laughs> and that's downside. still a lot. No, yes. it is that's a lot. That's still a lot for people. It is yeah. a lot. We have, we have two children who are animals enough, and I, I don't think we could consider getting any more. But- oh, it's nine, 9.30, and I am so low energy right now. And I'm yeah, so- Yeah, you Im- are just- Yes. <laughs> and I'm so impressed with your motor and your attitude and the, how mm. pleasant you are all the time. Are, are you ever unpleasant? Do you, does anything ever get on your nerves? Unwiggly. <laughs> Unwiggly. It's if- I not I mean not unwiggly I think I'd just be tired <laughs> and you know I think that's been such a big part of the last decade traveling and touring that you know I, my body's not really ever stopped and so since being at home and particularly with my endometriosis my body's really it's had a moment to kind of almost adjust itself it's like ah 
that's right, you're not getting on a plane every week. Yes. And so my body's actually started to calm down, um, which is which is wonderful, you know, even just to give it, it's like a semester break. I can't, I can't explain it, but my body's just loving having to not be so physically moved. Even though I physically move myself dancing and all the rest of it, there's something different about altitude or travel in a sense that you're not you're not in control of as in Mm -hmm. you know being in a car that you're not actually driving Mm -hmm. my body gets very motion sickness and I don't know for some reason that's that but I think when you get to meet Ollie you'll realize he's very calm and so I think I've just become more calm because that's rubbing off on me (laughs) and and calm while a lot is still going on even though you're not traveling I know you have the new Emma series coming out And you guys have uh, Fruit Salad TV coming out, which is huge because so not only is it this new YouTube series, you guys have added more wiggles and you are turning more toward not just inclusivity, but like so much more diversity. And I want to hear about that. Why? Why was that decision made? Why was it like, okay, we got to do this now? This, this project really, you know, was something that Anthony really wanted to create and to visualise on screen. And so it's definitely a series that's, um, you know, been initiated on YouTube. And what we were saying before, it's just that we've never really had an opportunity, uh, you know, as as the Wiggles to be able to have all of our content in one spot in a way. Mm-hmm. So in the past, the Wiggles, obviously there was the main group, but then they actually did lots of, research and exploration around other languages that were really important at the time. And so there was a creation of a group that was Spanish speaking and another group that was Mandarin speaking. And so even though those two different groups filmed full series and were produced and sent out to countries where that language was appropriate, everyone here didn't see it. Mm. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation because I feel that in terms of accessibility and inclusion, the Wiggles have, have been striving to do that from day one. It's just that not many people have seen it. So we're so lucky now to have social media and, and YouTube and channels that, you know, can connect us from around the globe that, you know, might not be all countries, but, you know, certainly most, and that we can share some of this new content that is from 1994 and also new content. So I feel I feel like it's an extension on you know, the the ways that we've been able to include songs from around the world and different dance styles from around the world and people from around the world in a more focused way. And so Fruit Salad TV is initially starting on YouTube where everybody can view it easily mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens from there because obviously we've been in lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> so we're not really, you know, we're still at we're still at the beginning of this kind of incarnation of, you know, where we are but you know it's so nice to be able to include people you know on our screens that and we've always we've always tried to do this and what's what's lovely about the new the new additions to fruit salad tv is that they're all performers that we've performed with in the past so for us it feels like some old friends and new friends but we're sharing them with everybody for the first time Mm -hmm. but actually I, i should tell you the girl that is um in the yellow shirt kelly the skateboarder kelly and yes yeah. kelly and i she was the first person i met when i joined the wiggles 12 years ago and kelly and Lockie and i used to perform on the dorothy the dinosaur show together okay. and so to have kelly 
come back and then be, you know, yellow with me. I'm like, this is so, it's like roommates. <laughs> it just feels like a reunion. I'm excited to, for everybody to see, you know, not just Kelly, but, you know, the other the other three as well because we've, we've all performed with them before. Now I have a question about this because how could you have, to Shay Hawkins, she's like 15. Yeah. She's, she's so young. Amazing. So has she performed with you guys before or is this? Cause yeah. When I heard her singing voice, I was like, oh, my goodness, she sounds so young. And I, I had to look at the screen. And then I, I still couldn't tell. So I, I read and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's only 15. And I couldn't believe that. So how how does she do that? Because she, is she still in school? Like, how does that work? Her schooling's different because she's with a performing arts school that contracts their work out differently. And she's an incredible dancer. And so her focus, particularly for the last five years, it, from my understanding, is that she's been so focused to be a professional dancer. She's one of the champions in Latin American dancing here in Australia. And so her dance experience is extraordinary. <laughs> and so for us, uh, Sahai actually danced with us as a dancer in the show. So for the, maybe the last two years, we've had Sahai in some of our videos and in some of our live concerts. And actually Sahai, if you look back at the Wiggles TikTok, that the video where I'm with Sahai and we're trying to do this really trendy dance was probably one of my first introductions to TikTok because Sahai was like, I'll teach you this trendy dance. I'm like, great. <laughs> I know you're making me feel really old, but please show me. <laughs> and so Sahai showed me the choreography for a, a particular um, viral TikTok, you know, uh, choreography. And that's that I feel like Sahai has always tried to keep me trendy. <laughs> so she's like my trendy go to. Um, but we're so lucky to have her. Her dancing is just you know, and I think as a fellow dancer, I just feel like it's an expression of her personality. Mm -hmm. It's lovely to see how vibrant yeah. she is. Her dancing is just incredible and it's a part of her and it's, mm -hmm. you know, just, it's just everything. It's her expression. And I just, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I just, just dance. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, she's wonderful. It's amazing. And save for the comments that I read from one, uh, opinionated and very controversial Australian governor everybody is super excited and so pumped and I think it is so amazing for you know Australians today like the kids in Australia today who are so diverse and multicultural to be able to see themselves represented in such an iconic group like the Wiggles and I think that must mean so much. And then again, it comes back to, you know, so many young adults and kids seeing themselves in you and like when you became the first girl wiggle, right? That was such a huge Woman experience. Wiggle. Woman wiggle. <laughs> it was such a I huge take experience. It. I, I'm happy for any kind of um, situation there. You're right. I think and it's it's the world is so different now and we're we're so much more connected we can see people from different countries and different cultures and different contexts that we expect to see that on screen too you know for our life to be reflected is really important and so even though it's been something that you know the wiggles have definitely um tapped into into the past this is really an opportunity to put it on a platform where you know we can actually <gasps> Sorry, that's oh my, my puppy. It's just really, yeah. She's um, Ruby. Oh, Ruby. It's, it's really important for, for media in general mm. to be more inclusive anyway. And 
I think even from my background, learning sign language with my deaf friends, you know, it's something that we've tried to improve and develop the ways in which we uh, include people mm -hmm. from different communities for a really long time. And I think for us, we're always learning. Everyone's always learning and we're always growing and, you know, you can't, it's not like it's the one, there's no one way and there's no particular, it's no, there's no right way. But I think if we're, if we're striving to improve those, those ways, then that's what we need to strive for. And I think we've achieved so much in the last 30 years. Um, it's now being able to share that with everybody and, and yeah, share, just share more performers, you know, highlight people that have amazing skills that might not have had the opportunity to before for who knows what reason um you know it's just nice to be able to it feel for me it feels like we're introducing people to some of our friends mm -hmm. <laughs> as in friends that we've known and it's like wow why didn't you know it would be nice if if people yeah it would be so fun I think when people get to go back and look at footage and they're like oh yeah I see Sahai in that video or I saw Kelly in this one or oh I know John from this particular music group and so I think it's it feels like connecting and coming together. It feels like a school reunion. Mm -hmm. I kind that's for me. That's how I feel like it is. Um, and so I'm I'm happy for everybody to meet everyone, which is great. No, that's it is awesome, and it looks like so much fun. And Emma, we have one last question from. Do you have that ready? Yeah, well, or we're not going to get into our series anymore. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Ask yes, Emma. <laughs> Jeez Louise, I've been nervous about the, I've been nervous about the Lucy question. We'll come to that after. <laughs> it's late, okay. Emma. You gotta forget. <laughs> yeah, we gotta. Been... Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, it is late where you are. So no, I feel oh, it's, it's not you. It's it's us just being old, I guess. But um, Emma series. So you've been filming this at home. So when well, does Emma series three come out? It's coming out in November. In Canada, I thought October fourth it was coming out. In Canada, am I wrong? You might be right. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't know. Okay. I think October okay. 4th though, but I will edit this audio to make it I, perfect. I think, I think it's actually premiering in Australia um, on October the 4th. Okay. But Canada's not far away. So okay. no tears, no tears yet. All right. And All right. Not yet. There won't be. There won't, there'll be sneak peeks, but we won't give everything away until it arrives there. But I, I feel like it might just be two or three weeks after mm -hmm. October the 4th. Sorry, Shane. No, no but worries. I really... got this information from someone. So, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, and so it's not far away, essentially. Um, but it feels like it's been almost a year in the making. It's 13 episodes. They're each 11 minutes long. And for the first time, it's kind of combining Emma Series 1 and Emma Series 2, where Emma Series 1 was very much focused on the music box and there was an object and dance about the object. Emma Series 2 was very community and lots of different styles of dance. But Emma Series 3 is different because each episode is based upon a narrative and a story. And so whilst something like a mini object is revealed from the music box, then that mu that object actually transforms and becomes life-size. So, you, for example, like a tiny little paper umbrella then transforms into a big umbrella outside and then Emma encourages the viewer to go outside and dance with it and there's elements of mindfulness and beauty in nature. You get to see the bow binoculars. I think you can uh, like that. Bow camera, 
Uh, there's lots of animals as part of the show. <laughs> Bo camera isn't Darley. as good as bonoculars. We can <laughs> know, admit that I in know, terms of cleverness. I know. The bonoculars, <laughs> that was from Ollie. That yes. my just I just put in the bow camera. Oh, we sorry. Like I didn't mean it. that as a diss, yeah. No, because Ollie's, Ollie's like, you know, we need to be able to see what's in the nature. Like if we're having a moment to rest and reflect in the garden, I feel like the series is more and, and is very associated with my learning how to try and be calm. So it's an appreciation of nature. So when Emma, after she dances, she sits in the garden and then she has a moment to look around herself in the garden and uses the binoculars to see the animals that might be in the garden, whether that's an Australian galah or a quokka or a butterfly or, you know, flowers or whatever. And so I just said, well, wouldn't it be nice to have a keepsake? And Ollie's like, yeah, maybe. I was like, okay, well, I want to do the bow camera as well. <laughs> so then the bow camera takes a picture of it and then you get to keep the picture, which is handy. But this series is very interactive and mm -hmm. for the first time it has it has visual effects. So Emma's bow lights up. So when oh, she's cool. thinking, she gestures to the bow and then the bow has like sparkles. That's awesome. That's this, really is, cute. this is the first time this has happened. That's really awesome. If I can figure out how to replicate that in real life, <laughs> I will. <laughs> it sounds like tech guy but Ollie yes. might be able to do that for you. Honestly, if a cable comes in and he, he attaches a cable with like some lights, I'd be happy with that. Um, but essentially the series is about imagination and so the particular object that's revealed for the day is then the imagination is extended upon. So it's not just one dance but it's a story that travels through and Emma travels into the imagination on a bow boat. Oh. There's another good one. Couldn't it just be a boat? <laughs> well, it could be. It could it's just be. not, though. Yeah, I think you I just want I just want you to see it and then let me know what you think. But okay. but then all of the sets from the imagination moment are all made of paper. And so we made them at home. This sounds awesome. <laughs> all paper and all cardboard so that parents and carers and guardians can also create the sets and the props at home with children. So it is a very multifaceted series and I think because we created it with within so many mm -hmm. restrictions. You know, we wanted to make sure that it connected with families at, during now as well. We know that every country has their different scenarios, but, you know, from going in and out of lockdown and restrictions here and there and not being able to see family and really working out how to create a scene within what you have at your, in your own house, um, we wanted to make sure that our goal to be sustainable within the series meant that um, different environments were introduced, like a veggie patch and picking flowers and looking at nature, but also... Um, we make a pinwheel and the pinwheel becomes a windmill on the wind farm. I mean, there's so many elements. I can't just, I just don't get me started. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> Michelle Gondry is behind this or something. It seems very <laughs> cool. Now, do you direct every episode or is there a different director for each one? This time, this time I was very involved in the creation of the series. And so I feel really grateful to the Wiggles for allowing me the opportunity oh. to you know, bring Emma and develop Emma too, being part of this character for nine years now. You know, it, it felt like, you know, a, a step of extension on Emma's character and actually moments that that weren't present in the previous two series but might be how I would connect with children in a meet and greet. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think in the first two series it's very based on songs and there's still music 
throughout the new Emma series, there's 65 new songs in the series Whoa. and 50 are brand new arrangements. So there's lots of new music. Um, there is mostly traditional and nursery rhymes from around the world that the Wiggles haven't recorded yet. So we're excited to see um, if people like the different songs. But also it has more dialogue to the audience. Mm -hmm. So it's breaking the fourth wall and it's more about choosing things within the frame as well. Like which music box do you want to choose today? And there's three in this series. So do you want to choose the yellow one, the pink one or the aqua one? So it's giving children an option to be more participatory in the series. So I, I, I just want you to see it. I know. I, I want, I'm dying to see it so now. Did, yeah. did you guys create the sets? Did people, did other people like set design? You guys did? Yes, because we were in lockdown. So um, we've been very um, busy doing craft, but we've absolutely loved it. And for us to create a paper cardboard Bowmobile was the highlight. Um, even though I have a Bowmobile at the Wiggles World, at the Wiggles office, at home, I was like, okay, we're well, probably going to need to create a Bowmobile. But you see, parents and carers, they do this all the time. And for them to come to the shows with certain things that might be, you know, a paper origami Emma bow or a paper ride on horse like Ponzo the Pony with Lockie, you know, there's parents are so creative that, you know, I felt, I almost felt indebted to them. <laughs> and I was like, this series, I, I will, I would love to make some of the craft that I've been inspired by from children bringing to the shows and also allowing them an opportunity to create it then at home because we have so many so many people tag me at home they're like I made this you know Emma ballet bar out of cardboard I'm like how did you do that that's amazing <laughs> and so I just wanted to be thinking about the series from from a world that imagination was very important but that could be done just from your home that's incredible Wow, you're the hardest working woman in show business. I, I, I know, I'm exhausted yeah. thinking about that, Emma. Like that's that takes so much not only physical energy because you're you're creating the sets, you're acting in them. You're I'm sure involved in the editing in some way and then the mind work and the mental energy that has to go into that is huge. Like I get stressed out just to keeping my daily to-do list. But to plan a show, conceptualize the sets, everything. That is that is so much. Like that is so much. That's amazing. I think it was just it was the the best use of um, being at home. And when I say that this, you know, this lockdown has given us a moment to reflect. It was it actually gave us time to think about very critically how we're going to produce new content that is really meaningful and really worthwhile, not just within. A lockdown scenario but for children and families you know for generations to come and so hopefully uh people recognize that within the series it's not it, it you might not pick it the first time you watch it because hopefully it will be entertaining um but you know definitely this series has um a real extension of thought and development behind it so we're really excited for it to come to canada i mean what a treat i don't know what date shame yes <laughs> i think i will get to the bottom I think of it's, it I feel like it's the end of October. I'm actually, I know I'm sneakily looking. It says the 7th of November in okay. Canada. That's not that far. It's not, it's it's not, not that, not that far. far. It's not, it's so not we that could far. just hear all the positive, you know, feedback from Australia. Everybody here will get really pumped about it. 
and then and, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, and I'm posting little sneak peeks of props and things on my social media. So if you start to see certain crafty elements on my social media, it's actually for the Emma series, which I'm excited about. <laughs> That's I'm amazing. trying to think. I mean, I know I know I took you on a tour to see my laundry last time, but I have actually okay. <laughs> I've been making bows crafting bows see there's the giraffes they feature in the series and i know that's my mail so don't look at the mail but the basket the basket is in the series but i we made like a tiny little paper basket to fit inside the music box and then it transforms into this one so we're we're pretty busy getting some stuff together to preview the series that's incredible this is so exciting i'm excited for you yeah, I'm. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you to see. I'm your, excited for me. Well, to see your brainchild and kind of your love child with Ollie up on screen for people to see and to learn from. Well, speaking of love childs, we do have a question from our child. Now we, oh you know, of course my. we have to abuse this opportunity uh, to be good parents because we have a three-year-old daughter, and she wanted to ask you a question. I am so excited about this. She got shy towards the end. It's not not a a tough question, question, (laughs) but I think you will have an answer. And I'm actually curious to know the answer. So, Is it a recording of the question? It is. Could you hold the mic, Oh, It's a video. It's a video. Okay. I'm going to try to make sure the volume is up. She cut her head recently. Oh, Oh, whoops, whoops. Oh, no. Here I go. I'm going to play that one more time. Why do you live in Australia? (laughs) Yes. Why do you live in Australia, Emma Wiggles? It's a really good question. (laughs) I live in Australia because uh, the Wiggles world was established in Australia, but it does mean that we can send a little bit of Australia to everybody through the power of technology. And hopefully you will get to visit Australia sometime soon and come visit us. But if you don't get a chance, we might be able to see you first over in Canada. Canadian tour? Yes. Right. One day it's bound to happen. Yeah. We just have to wait for everybody. (laughs) Um, But when everyone's on board, well, we'll be over there. Amazing. Well, we will be looking forward to it. To Emma Series 3, hugely excited for that. To this art project, everything project. To Fruit Salad TV. I'm predicting yes. an Emma movie in the future. I'm predicting an Emma movie in the yeah, future. It's just a prediction. Can, can we wear these party hats as of part of the movie? Yes. Great. Whatever you want. Awesome. We're, we're in. We're in. We'll keep these dino hats. But Emma, thank you so much for joining us again. This has been so amazing. Oh, where can people watch the show? The show will be on Chorus Treehouse in Canada. In Australia, it's on ABC Kids. And in New Zealand, it'll be on TVNZ. And hopefully we'll have some sneak peeks on social media. So check out the Wiggles Facebook, Emma Wiggle Facebook and Emma Wiggle Instagram. That's the best. But yeah, Emma, Perfect. like, thank you so much for joining us again. We have been so looking forward to this chat because it, it's just, it's lovely. Every time it's so lovely. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I will make sure I have the goats next time. <laughs> have to have the goats, yes. R- Rupee's cute, but we did really <laughs> fall for Dolce & Futures. 
It just felt like, so I quiet, mean, like eerily quiet without the goats. Well, yes. Rupi was doing his best. <laughs> I, I just have to, I mean, you need to see the dog. The dogs are just, it's too much. It's way too much. So wait, how many have we got in there? We've got two, but they're kind of like sleeping in this this bed, which is hilarious. If I'd, I'm trying not to wake them too much so you can see them. I know this is silly, but I just feel like... <laughs> no, this is the best. I only do, I only do this for you too. Um, and I, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's worth it. Oh, my god! Like, gosh. what's the face? Okay, wait. Have they been snoring? Because I've been kind of hearing these, these noises, and I didn't know if maybe Ollie was listening it's to really the interview or if it was them. <laughs> it's Rupi going like... Yes, like, because he wants <laughs> me. Been there. He wants me to um, throw the ball um, <laughs> constantly. Sometimes he's completely asleep. Like Dali is so sorted. He's like, I am asleep. And Dali features in the series, the new Emma series, in some episodes. Dude, were you drumming with Dali recently? <gasps> I saw that. <laughs> that was today. That was this morning. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that he was like ready. You know. Well, it, it, appears, it appears to be, he appears to be ready. Do you think that I did, I, I had to ask myself this question. I made this video of Dali drumming this morning. Do you think that it, it's not fair that Rupi didn't get a video to do that? And should I make another video yes. with Rupi? You're, you're, yes, you're you a bad mom, to. essentially, if you don't. Okay, well, I will do that and tag you both. All right, um, yes. I just didn't know. I didn't know if um, Rupi was upset about it, but I think he is now. Oh, 100%. You, yeah, you have to. Even Stevens. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. And Emma. We look forward to seeing that video. Absolutely, Rupi. yeah. Oh, good luck with everything. I'm going to be onto it now. <laughs> All right, bye, Emma. Thank have you. a good day. Bye. See you. There we go. I was sitting in on it. You let me hang. Not that I was <laughs> contributing anything to that combo, but no, you I was being there. there. Look, I feel like me and you and Emma are buddies, and I feel like if you weren't there, a part of the gang would be missing. And Emma might hear this, and she might think, "What we have? We have a gang of buddies now." And yes, we do. Um, I very much feel that. But again, like you can't leave that interview, whether you're sitting in on it like us or you're listening to it like you guys are. And leave in a bad mood. And there's everything about Emma and just her aura, everything is just so genuine and wonderful and happy. And I like I left that interview on a high. Yeah, she's happiness personified. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Now, our amazing. next interview is a little bit, uh, I don't know, cheekier. Sarcasm personified. 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 <laughs> yeah, she's, what's the Aubrey Plaza-esque? Is that a good way to Wait a second. Did, had, did you listen to my interview? No. She was talking about how people were like, you're uh, like Aubrey Plaza, like the dead plan Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. And like she brought that up in the interview. It's just funny because we, we spent like five minutes on that. Yeah, on well, Aubrey I Plaza. think I say it because it's true. Mm -hmm. No, it's... Totally. She is got this really unique brand of humor and it's awesome. It works. And let's get to yeah. it after we let everyone know who we are supported by. 
We are supported by Mini Miosh. It's a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity, and they make, I'm telling you, the best basics that you can get for your littles, like fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfortable, timeless, and can be passed from kid to kid regardless of their gender. What age does it go up to? I'm getting scared Lou's going to grow out of it. No, I think she'll be okay for a while. Why? Because I, I, I see like older kids on their website. So like how I th- old are we talking? Maybe 10. Okay. Like she'll be okay for a bit. Gotcha. That's which good. is nice. I know. There's such a go-to. And I want to see a kid with a goatee on the website <laughs> just so it can be older. <laughs> So their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. That all just sounds good, you know? Oh, of course it does. (laughs) But I mean, their whole MO is to leave the planet better off for our little ones than it was when the babies arrived here in the first place. And they believe that every little bit counts. So if you want to check them out, you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at Miosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code ThisFamilyTree15, you're going to get 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in the U.S. And again, that is Miniosh.com and ThisFamilyTree15. But now let's get to our interview with Bobby. Okay, so I got to say, like months ago, my husband was like, Alex, check out this TikTok video. It's hilarious. He was like already a big fan. And then it was one where you were talking about your juicy butt, basically. And then you like turn around, your husband gave you a little tap on the butt. Yes. Like, just so funny. And we have been like loving all of your content since. You're a mom, we fit in. But yeah, totally happy to have you here. And like, I want to get into all of it, like your content creation, who you are, everything. But I want to start off at your love story with your husband. Because you guys met on a dating app and we did too. And not enough people talk about dating app romances being successful. All you hear about is dick pics. That is true. Did you, what app did you meet on? Tinder. But I, like through a friend, through my cousin, I wasn't on Tinder. She like turned down a date with Shane, my husband. And then she's like, but he seems good. I don't want to waste him. Will you go on a date with him? And then, yeah, so it worked out. Wow, well, that's impressive. Yeah, I met on my husband on Bumble. So, okay. Yeah, I liked Bumble. I feel like it was cool because I got to message people first and only people I wanted to message. Tinder Mm -hmm. was harder. I didn't really meet anyone off of Tinder. I mean, I didn't meet anyone off of Tinder. (laughs) Yeah, no, I met my husband. His his profile looked like a LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. He had just his resume basically listed in his bio. So it was like straight up just linked LinkedIn. I was like, okay. So my first message to him was like, okay, well, it's an impressive resume. What's something unimpressive about yourself? So he said he was really bad at directions, which reigns true to this day. He's terrible at directions. Uh, we get lost and most of our arguments are in the car. Yeah. Um, I feel but, that Shane is too. He's horrible. Really? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right is so it's so annoying. I get so frustrated with yeah. him when we are driving. I want to, yeah, no. <laughs> For us, if we could just not drive anywhere together, we would never fight. But well, that's pretty amazing just to know that that's possible. That's like a pretty yeah. good way to be. It's like, look, we could be at perfection if we just if you didn't suck with knowing yeah. where we were. Yeah, no, he, and it's always like, especially when our daughter's crying in the box seat, and I'm already like 
Like get us home. Like a minute when you're driving is 20 minutes with a crying child in the backseat. It is like, oh my. So if he makes a wrong turn and then it adds to us, Mm. my daughter just crying, I want to, it's the worst. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Okay. So when we were on the dating app, so I wasn't actually on the dating apps yet. And had I gotten on the dating apps, I don't know that we would have met each other when we did. Cause like I had broken up with somebody and then I went to hang out in Mexico for a while. Then I went to hang out in Portugal for a while and just, you know, get a little bit of the local flavor. And then when I came back, we went out before I got on the app and then we got married like a year later and it just kind of like flew by. It was great. But Shane went on, God, I wish he was here. Maybe like between 40 and 60 dates in a row. And then I would like every oh, single possible. That's a serial dater right there. Well, he was like obsessed with finding somebody to like settle down with like obsessively. And he's like, if I go on a hundred dates and you know, my chances go up. So I was like, what, like the 60th date or whatever before that wow. stopped. Like it, it is psychotic, but it worked. But what about you? Like, did you guys go on a series of dates? Like, what number date was he on the old Bumble app? Probably a lot. He definitely had been on a lot of dates. He had, before me, he got out of a really long relationship. He was engaged, actually. Yeah. So he, um, they broke up a year before, I think maybe a year or more, Mm -hmm. uh, before he started dating me. But he was, like, on, on dating. He wanted to find somebody as well. So he was going, um, he would, you know, meet up with people at bars. And then if it turned to dinner, it did like, you know, bar was the first date. Dinner was the second. He was like, I'm not taking every person on dinner dates. It is. Yes. Especially as a guy, if you're paying, you're just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, He, no, sorry. I was just gonna say it's, it's expensive and it's like, it's energy consuming too. Yes. No, dating is, is hard. I felt like it's like a million different interviews. Like you're like interviewing you're like here are the reasons you should date me um here are yeah my qualifications for you guys I don't miss dating at all I'm very happy to never do that again because it wasn't fun it was lonely too I remember being like I just want to find someone so yeah Mm. I had been on a few dates from Bumble and I had gotten out of a relationship like I think six months before that or something And I also had done like the whole, I went to Europe, I was traveling a little bit. Actually the year, so I met Corey in August and then in December I went to Europe with a friend that I met um, at the park while I was a nanny in LA. And we just went to Europe on like a little trip where we stayed in hostels and stuff while I was dating him. But yeah, yeah. the first time he told me, we told each other I love you wasn't like a letter while I was in Wait, wait, um, a letter, like a handwritten letter. Yeah. So I actually said it first. Wrote um, it first. I wrote, so I wrote him a Christmas card because I knew I'd be away for Christmas. And by then we'd only been dating for like, what, like October to December. Yeah. But I wrote at the very end of like my card. I was like, by the way, I love you. It was like super <laughs> just like thrown in there. And I remember being so nervous. I was like, he's going to read this um, while we're 
Um, well, I'm away. So I was like, if he doesn't say it back, that's going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> but he did. He like called me. He called me back because I was like, okay, well, it's Christmas. Like, I guess you can, we can, he wrote me a card. I wrote him a card. I read his, his mm-hmm. didn't say I love you. It would have been cute if it did. <laughs> but he instead was just like, I love you too. And oh, I was like, yeah. so I was in Prague when I read it. I mean, when he told me that, I was like, that's amazing. See, you know, I love these things and they're so happy to think about, especially when it's like we got two kids under our belt and like I just got home from a day of work and I'm exhausted. Patience is low. And then it's like even just thinking about these things kind of just reignites nice thoughts and feelings. I know. Mm-hmm. I think often too when I get really frustrated with Corey and stuff because life just gets hard and I have to like think back to when I was like when we first started dating and I'm like, no, like I was really obsessed with you then. So whatever feelings I'm having now, like if I went and met you again, I'd be obsessed with you all over again. So I need to just put aside all of the feelings I'm having, especially having a kid. It changes, it changes the game with relationships. Goodness. It's well, that's one thing I was going to ask you later, but I'll, I'll ask you now. Like, so tonight's our date night. So after this, we're going to put the kids to bed and then we have his mother, his stepmom here that's going to sleep overnight and we are going to go out on the town and throw a couple back, go eat, just like whatever. We do this every Wednesday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. It, well, it keeps it – even during quarantine, we were just like doing date nights in. So like okay. we'd order food from like somewhere fan- – I don't like cooking. But like we'd order food from somewhere fancy – and then we'd like – we'd play a game or we'd hang or just do whatever and like drink a bottle of wine. But now it's like nice to go out. And honestly, it keeps me sane and it keeps me like patient with him because without it, honestly, it's like – it gets hard because we work together. I know you do TikToks with your husband. Like mm-hmm. I know you guys work together at least to some degree and I, I need this personally. Like I'm a very physical, touchy – my love language is like – touch and stuff like that it's like I need it or I'm a nightmare and then he's probably a nightmare but what do you guys do like how do you keep that balance and like kind of because it is hard with kids like it's it's near impossible Yeah. yeah so we have recently just been trying to figure it out I mean definitely we've been married for a year been together for three years we have one child she's 15 months old and definitely over the last 15 months, especially because there was a stage when she was just a baby and all she did was sleep and life was easy. And like, that was like the easiest stage. She just slept all the time. And we were like, Oh, we've got this. Like, and then it just started getting, she got feelings and opinions and emotions and it complicated things a lot. So I think that we've just, what we usually do is we put her to bed every night and then we spend those, that time together. We are in the process of hiring a nanny right now. So then we'll have someone to do day nights and stuff, but generally um, it's just kind of us. So usually we'll put her to sleep and then we'll watch a movie or we'll like, we do try to, because for a while we stopped doing that. We were just kind of like, as soon as she goes to bed, it's our me time. So we just had our separate me times where we were just separate. And then it was like, you start to feel just very like overwhelmed with everything. So we definitely see the benefit of like prioritizing our us time and Mm -hmm. us spending nights together every night, watching movies and like focusing on our relationship has helped a lot. And that's Mm -hmm. what keeps us. Oh, absolutely. And like, especially when you do bring in work to it, It's like for us and, you know, our listeners know this, but like, so I have a, I'm autoimmune disease 
And so does my baby. So we have been like taking it, playing it really safe since like March 2020. Like it's been, it's been pretty nuts. Like we didn't leave our house for a very long time. And like now we're out and about and it's amazing. But it did take us a while. And then so we're living at home. I was pregnant. I gave birth. My youngest is the same age as Luca, like 15 months. And uh, so like that's just a whole thing like giving birth in the pandemic and it just sucks it's it's horrible and then of course we have this business we have our podcast so we're interviewing many days during the week we're recording two podcasts a week and like doing you know all the financial stuff together too and it drives you nuts and then he's also working full-time when I was on Mali and it drives you nuts and we've had to you know, figure out ways to like get around that and work together and get over like creative differences, I guess. Mm -hmm. But how do you and Corey do it? Like, do you take the lead creatively and with everything and then just kind of tell him what to do? Or do you guys both have a hand in it? Yeah, I like that. He has, I take, I, so he has his own nine to five, like Mm -hmm. corporate job that he, he works. And I kind of, I mean, the whole creative, like TikTok thing is all me really. And then every once in a while when I'm like out of ideas, pretty much is when I'll come to him and be like, okay, be in a TikTok with me or like do this with me. (laughs) But he's very, very supportive of my like TikTok and everything. He will do whatever I say, whatever weird video he is like, okay, sure. Like, whatever you need me to do. Sometimes he'll push back and I'm like, no, you're not going to push back. You do what I say. We are dancing right now or we're doing this right now. So he'll do it. But yeah, I definitely all that. But he, I mean, yeah, he watches Luca while I am recording or while I'm doing things. And I watch like we kind of like trade off. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have a nanny or any help or how do you guys? We didn't during quarantine. So like it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. And because our three-year-old, we had to pull her from daycare. So she just started back in September, which is amazing. And then now we have uh, his mother, his stepmom coming over every day to watch the baby. So I leave to go to work. He works at home. And then we're just all back here by like three. Okay. That's nice. It's so much better. It's so much better. Just straight 15 months of us both, like, especially once TikTok started, it was very hard balancing everything because he has a job I did I was trying to focus on growing my accounts and stuff and doing all of that and it was very very hard because I was like we were just okay like you watch her now now you watch her and then it was like we'd never get any time yeah so that's why recently we're like we just need the nanny because it's gonna help us yeah we don't have like you're so lucky to have family close by to help because my mom is like a two-hour drive so it's not like super super close to be able to help but um we're making it work like we're just gonna get a little bit we want a part-time nanny not like full-time or anything but just someone to come help out maybe do some chores or something while I watch the baby here that would be amazing well it's good maybe someone who can cook That would be and massages. I would like a nanny who can cook and massage me after a long day at the office. But no, it does help. Like not just with productivity because that's huge, uh, but just your like emotional state and your mental state. It, it is going to help with. It's amazing. That's so yeah. good. And yeah, you know, I want to ask about your TikTok because you you're huge. Like you're almost at seven hundred thousand followers. When did you start it? Um, I'm at 2.3 million. Two, wait, 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 wait. What was I looking at then? 
I was like, that's no, that's I was looking happen. at some. Was I looking at your? Do you have a personal one too? Yeah, that one's at 500 or that's 400 or something. Yeah, no, it's so higher than that. It's higher than that, Bobby. That's the one I was looking at because the one, so your personal one's Bobby Altoff, and then you yeah. have Alexandria yeah. Altoff. So you have like, you have like a stage personality, and so does do. Luca. Which yes. is my favorite thing that you gave your baby like a stage name slash alt personality. Yeah, she has her own her own little person, yeah. Okay, so that started when? February. February? I knew yeah. it was recent, but February? Yeah. Holy sh Okay. Yeah. So we I started I had been posting just like random videos of Luca doing cute things before that. Like from in November, I posted a video of our engagement that went viral for being awkward, but that didn't get me any followers. And it was just people making fun of us. It wasn't until February that I started. I called her iBob first and then it like progressed slowly to different ones. Yeah. I just created my little alter ego baby who I can not feel bad when people make fun of her because she doesn't actually exist so she's just a character that's that's a very genius way of doing it see I do I, I haven't created alter egos for anybody so I'm just dealing with that on my own but whatever that's fine so I know people can be a lot on TikTok so I like to keep it separate because like I mean she already has a boy name in real life her name is Luca um so people will say stuff about that but it's like okay well Richard's way worse so <laughs> You know, make fun of Richard, not Luca, though. I've, I've actually come to like Richard as a girl name through your videos. People like, are saying that. It's grown I'm on very me. concerned that people are going to actually name their children that. I, it's it's going it to happen. It hasn't grown on me yet. Richard has not grown on me as a girl name. It is going to happen. And then you're going to have to go to bed with that every night. You're going to lose sleep over the fact that there's a little girl walking around Richard. I'm going to – I'm like, please don't do this to your children, guys. It's a joke. I really – I mean, it's a, it's a name. I think you have to live in, like, a big city for that to be okay. Oh, 100%. Like, if you, if you live in L.A. and your kid's name is Richard, it's fine. But if you live in a small city, they're going to be like – what? Yes. Yes. Oh. One, in LA, it's like one of the most normal names, I'm sure. Normal oh. in the sense of like, you know. You can have as uh, crazy. That's why we live in LA right now. Corey was like, Luca make it made fun of because her name is Luca. And like, that's a boy name. It's Luca James. <laughs> so it's very boy. Yeah. And I was like, in LA, she won't get made fun of. So. There you go. So you guys are thinking everything through. And, yeah. and I want to ask, like, in creating your TikTok, account right so like Shane and I got into TikTok in the spring and it was solely business like we're old Bobby like we're so old Shane's even older than me like he's like you know we're just like ancient when it comes to TikTok okay so it just seemed like something that was just not our thing or that we shouldn't get involved with. Mm -hmm. But then we hired some like 23 year old amazing comedy writer to help us. She's not married. She doesn't have kids. So we just kind of give her ideas and she writes like funny things. So we don't have to put effort into that. And then we mm -hmm. workshop it and like make it sound like us more like in our comedic voice. And then it takes like a couple hours of prep off but the plan always for us on TikTok was just like treat it like a business, have it funnel back into our podcast and just like as a supplementary thing, everything's for the podcast. Why did you get into TikTok? Was it just for fun or like a business move? So before I started TikTok, I was like, 
I spent way too much time on that app, way too much time. Corey had to set a limit because I was like, this is just taking away my life. I spend so much time on here because Luca was a baby. So she was just sleeping all day. So I was like, well, she's sleeping. I'm either sleeping or on my phone. I'm not doing anything. It was quarantine. We're going to go anywhere. So we were just like, it was terrible. But I was like, why? What do all of these influencers have that I don't have? Why can't I be successful on TikTok because so many people are and I just see it happening to so many people every day just new people just like successful out of nowhere and I was like that's so unfair what am I not and I was like well I'm not even trying so let me try so I think that I had seen someone do something where they pretended their child was their name backwards and I was like okay I'm just gonna try that and then I was like okay let me just talk let me try to like talk to people and stuff and I mean it just yeah so it was mostly out of boredom and like I also just was like why not me yeah I want to I want to have a TikTok following that's so unfair and yeah it, it happened to work out so it sounds like like a like a social slash self-experiment yeah I just I also so before TikTok I've always just been so insecure because I didn't get a bachelor's degree. Like I have an AA from a community college. I was so insecure with myself and like, like my husband's family and him are just, they're also like well-educated and just like, I always felt inferior to everyone around me. We live in areas where every mom is like, they went to very great, like elite colleges and stuff. And I just didn't and then I was like, oh, and then I was in LA and everyone, everyone's just something. And I felt like I was nothing. And I was like, why, why does everyone, what do they have that I don't have? Like, it's so frustrating. And I was so insecure. So I was like, I'm going to try to make that for myself. And it's really helped me because now I'm applying right now for social media manager jobs. Like, and I'm like, I'm going to work a corporate job. Cause like that may be crazy to people. Some people are like leaving their corporate jobs yeah. to go work to go do what I do. I'm like, no, I'm going to do both. I really want a corporate job. Like, mm-hmm. but I think it's just, it was a lot. Cause I was super insecure and I wanted something mm-hmm. to be like, feel confident about myself. So yeah. it really, really did help with that. So the corporate job then like you wanting that and to do the social media, is that like for that kind of validation? Yes. Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I don't, I mean, especially now, like living in LA, even it's like all of the moms I meet at the parks, they're not like, they work corporate jobs. And that could be so silly that like, I'm like, but I'm already a young mom. So I don't fit in there. And I'm like, maybe I can fit in if I just do that. And then also, I do think that I tried the whole stay at home mom thing. I don't know that it's for me. I don't know. I think the whole saying of like, it takes a village to raise a child is so true. And like being a stay at home mom in today's world, I feel like it's like, sorry, I'm dying. No, that's fine. It's like, it's like super hot in here too. And I just keep looking. I'm so shiny and like, I have to put my hair up. Like I know I was just (laughs) hair dye. I'm really dying right now. So I think that in today's society, it's really hard because like we don't really have that. Like we don't live in like villages with people around us. We don't even sometimes have family or anything. So I tried the whole stay at home mom thing, but by myself, it can be exhausting just spending my entire day with my child. I love my child, but spending an entire day with her every single day like it's like I can be go 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 for like Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday I'm just like oh my gosh like 
what else do I do? And I feel bad for her. Cause I'm like, I'm burnt out. You deserve someone that's like going to give you the attention. So I think too, me getting a job is like, I will have right now my social media. I spend maybe an hour working a day, like not that's amazing. a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, I want to do more. Like, I don't want to do an hour. I want to have like do four or five hours. So I'm looking into getting like a job that doesn't require, I don't want to not ever see my child, but I want to work more, have a nanny that like does play with her and like gives her good, like there no like screen time or anything, mm. just gives her good play time that yeah. is just so good for her. And then I come out and I'm recharged because I got a little break and I can now come back and give you my all. And I think that's, so that's the other part of it. No. And I, I totally agree. It's like we move. So not only in the States, I find too, you, like everybody moves so far out of their hometown. Like nobody kind of mm-hmm. stays in their hometown where we live. Like my parents live two blocks down that way. And then Shane's family is, like, all around. Like, people stay within an hour, generally speaking. Even if you're going off to a big city, like, there's, you know, everything's kind of close. But we move so fast. It's, it's like, impossible to have the village raising your kid thing because everybody moves so fast. There's so many things on the go always. And then with the pandemic, it made that even more impossible because, yeah. like, Shane's mom only met our 15-month-old, like, like in a hugging distance last weekend for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's wild. And yeah, like, yeah we, did, we were very, very cautious. It wasn't until I think, was it this year? I don't know. We were so all of last year. We were, I remember my mom was not, she did not want to quarantine for two weeks to come to us. I didn't trust a COVID test because I it was still early. <laughs> and I was like, I don't trust a COVID test. Yeah, yeah. What if you get it on your way up here at the gas station after? And I was like, nope, don't trust those tests. You have to quarantine. Like, and I was like, when you get gas, I want you to be super careful. You need to hand sanitize like the pump you need to like. And she cut, she was like, I Bobby, I work. I can't take two weeks of my life to quarantine. So I was like, all right, well, you're not meeting my daughter then. Like, <laughs> So she met her when she was, I think, three months old. Yeah. My dad met her about three months old. And um, and then even then they lived far from us. So they only met her like that one time. And then we went the rest of it was just us and a baby trying to figure out how to be a parent, trying to like figure out like postpartum and all of that. And then by ourselves and with no one around. So it was a very, very challenging time for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, it's so hard. And like with you know, I'm back at work now. So I've been back for almost a month and I totally get what you mean about like getting the break and then coming back and being able to give your kids that energy. Because Mm -hmm. when I'm at work, even if I have a long, exhausting day, like I did today, it was long. It was just my patience was worn thin, but it's a different kind of patience and exhaustion than when I come home. And then it's like, by the time I get home, like I want to play and I usually don't want to play. I usually hate getting in there and having to play all day. Like it just really drains me. But now I'm like, no, I want to, like I'm into this because things just feel a little bit more balanced now. And I get like, you get that reprieve and Mm -hmm. it just is a different mental part. But, you know, about COVID and giving birth in during a pandemic, uh, cause that does suck. Like, did it impact you in any way during your pregnancy or, or postpartum? Um, Sort of. So we had moved to Northern California for, we only were there for a year, Mm -hmm. but I don't have family in Northern California. My husband does. But I mean, the biggest changes were 
when it was new, I was, so I think I was like, I don't know, you were the same, you were pregnant too. I think I was pregnant, like eight months pregnant when it started. Yeah. And I was scared. Like, I was like, my child is going to die if we get this. Like, I cannot get this. So we were very cautious. I mean, my husband wasn't able to go to any of my appointments. And I was just me. And when we finally had her, actually, it was really great because the city that we were in, their COVID rates were so low that they didn't have any COVID measures. Like, I didn't have to wear a mask. I didn't get tested. We didn't have to wear, neither he or me had to wear a mask the entire time when we were in the hospital, which was, and it was peak. It was, we had our June 8th. So it was very peak COVID, but our city was very low. So it was very lucky that we didn't actually get affected there. We actually liked it better not having anyone come to the hospital. And like, we didn't have a, we didn't, you had another kid. So you had it the other way, but I'm like, I think I would, with our next child that we, when we do get Mm -hmm. pregnant, I'm not going to have anyone come to the hospital besides my daughter then Mm -hmm. either. Like I liked the time to soak in the newborn, especially for your first kid. Oh my gosh. Okay. So even before I had my first kid, I knew I was like, I don't want a ton of people. Like I don't want friends coming because we had, we had friends that, you know, they're excited and they like love you and then they love your kid and like they want to see you. But I told Shane, I was like, don't let any friends come. Family needs to be limited. And then we still had some like family members like on the fringe that we don't, we're not close with at all. And like they came and I got so pissed and I was like, okay, this is never happening again. So and we, we really kind of kept it quiet once we got home. And I was like, I really want, need this limited. And then for the second, I was like, kind of happy to, like you said, to be giving birth things. I was like, I don't need to offend anybody. Like, I don't need to say that you made me feel really awkward or uncomfortable after I birthed my first kid. Like we had, we had an uncle come uninvited to the hospital and he sat on the end of my hospital bed and smelled like cigarettes and drinking and asked to hold the baby. And I had to move my feet for him after I just pushed a baby out of my vagina. I had to move my feet for him. I I was thrilled. I was thrilled about that aspect of the pandemic. That was amazing. I, yeah, see, we luckily, our only kid so far has been during that. So we didn't have that at all. We loved it. And I think too, especially with the first kid, I don't know what it's like to have a second kid. I haven't had one of those yet. But with my first kid, I loved holding her. I didn't want to share her with anyone. Like I wanted to be the person that held her. I was like, I was already thinking like in future, like, oh, in three months when this person meets him, how am I going to say, like, I was super panicked about people. I was like, I don't want them to hold her. I want to hold my baby. Like, I don't want anyone to touch my baby. That's mine. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe my next kid, I'll be like, take it away, but we'll see what happens. I don't know how that happens, what happens then. Um, so I'm only speaking for my first kid, but I did not want anyone to hold her. I was like, give me my baby. And it was nice because no one was there to hold her. I just got to hold her and sleep like we, since we didn't go anywhere for the first few months, I actually loved COVID. Like we stayed in bed. I took every nap with her. I was like, like, how are first time moms? Like, I was like, how are they ever tired? Like I slept (laughs) all day. I was never tired. She woke up at night, but I slept all day with her. So I was like, we, I nap when she naps and I I felt well rested and I didn't have any company to like sit there and try to please or do anything. It was just like me and my baby. And I definitely want to try to do that a little bit for the next one. I know it's different because I have to entertain my first kid as well. So yeah, but then you'll have the nanny there too and you'll work it out. Plus, yeah, I'm like, that's 
I found the second because you know what to expect. I found it a little easier. I think that's what everyone mm-hmm. tells me is that the second is so much easier. And the, the first was, I think the first, the difference that I saw, and I think actually TikTok kind of helps with this is before TikTok, I feel like you saw like on Instagram, oh, like all the happy moments of being a mom and all of that. But TikTok, I feel like is a little bit more real. Like this mm-hmm. is actually what it's like. And Instagram starting to be like that too. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea what it was like to be a mom. Like I was a nanny and I thought that it, because I was a nanny, I was like, oh, I totally am going to know. But I was like, I had no idea how isolating being a mom mm-hmm. can be, how just it's so different when it's your own child because that kid like you don't get a break from them like they're yours for the rest of your life and you're gonna like you have to just I don't it's so different so I think that like now TikTok is pretty cool because I think it Mm -hmm. shows new like people who don't have kids like younger people who aren't even ready to have kids like this is what it's like and I think that people probably will wait now to have kids even until they're like really, really prepared. Cause you do, we were not really prepared. I, I had no idea what I was in for and we were not prepared. We're just now finally, like she's 15 months old and I'm finally like, okay, now we're good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely would have prepared more. All right, Bobby, we're going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We're supported by Tushy. Tushy. <laughs> Shane, the future of toileting has arrived. Wait, Did that sound a like a robot? Yeah, yeah, I'm I the guess. future. Ah. All right. So, okay. Toileting, yes, it has been around for a very long time. But if you want to go premium, it's been hideously expensive, costing thousands Oh, sometimes. you need to be the queen of Versailles to have a bidet. <laughs> Essentially. But now, the brand new Hello Tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field. It's stylish. It's eco-friendly. It's easy to install. And most importantly, it is affordable and it cleans itself yes so it doesn't just clean your butt with a precise stream of fresh water it cleans itself using the smart spray automatic self-cleaning nozzle and it attaches to your existing toilet seat so you don't need like you know electricity or additional plumbing and the nicest thing shane we love this it cuts toilet paper use by a huge percentage 80 percent so it essentially pays for itself in a few months doesn't it have a schmutz shield i thought oh we... i'm getting to okay, the schmutz sorry. That's shield my favorite part. so this is the sanitation part the schmutz shield offers easy cleaning and the knobs you know that you turn to get the water warmer or the stream more hardy they're antimicrobial naturally so it just you know everything's everything's a little tidy and i mean if you already got a tush on your pot you can upgrade to the new 3.0 model but if you're new to the revolution, join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. It's life-changing. Trust me on that, Shane. You, you definitely concur? definitely butt-changing. It's yeah. butt-changing. So go to hellotushy.com slash thisfamilytree and get 10% off your order and free shipping on the Tushy Bidet, which is only $79. This is available in Canada and in the U.S. And again, that is hellotushy.com slash thisfamilytree. Because everyone has an ass, and so everyone deserves a tushy. But we are also supported by... Hello, Bello. Being a parent is hard. 
Like really hard. So when you go to get diapers to prevent the next eventual blowout, finding a diaper that's absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be just as tough. Co-founded by Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, Hello Bellows built on the simple idea that all babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. And their diaper bundling service, which is phenomenal and so convenient, it lets you choose from over 20 fun different rotating designs throughout the year. What's your favorite design? The sloths are a staple. Ah, mine too. Good choice. Copycat. And each bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order. What's your favorite freebie? The detangler. Oh, mine too. Copycat. <laughs> Plus, you can get 15% off of any of the add-ons. So like the detangler, the bubble bath, the wipes, the diaper rash cream, it goes on. They have so many products. But to get Hello Bellows super soft, super absorbent, and super affordable diapers delivered right to your door, go to hellobello.ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree 30 That's for right. 30% off your diaper bundle order. That is a Huge bang for your buck, folks, and a lot of potential blowout saved. I'm going to say it again. That's hellobello.ca, promo code thisfamilytree30 to start bundling with 30% off your first order. Don't forget, it's hellobello.ca, promo code thisfamilytree30, and this promo is applicable to Canadians only. And now let's get back to our interview with Bobby. Well, I will say, I don't think you can ever be actually prepared. Like, I think you could trick yourself into thinking you're prepared by, like, reading all the books and going on all the forums and shit. But I don't think you're actually going to be. No, I don't think I would be prepared that way. I meant more, like, like, we didn't even have a house yet. We didn't have, like, all of the things that you needed. Like, I think that if I could go back, I would have, like, prioritized, like, saving more money towards mm. this kid because I didn't realize how expensive a kid possibly could be. Like, I didn't know that like, that they change sizes every three months and we didn't have a baby shower because of COVID. So we didn't get anything. And like, it was like, I don't think I realized how much prep goes into like that part is like, mm. you are going to have this child cling to you for literally ever and I think it was my sister-in-law. I was like, dude, she has four kids. I was like, do you have any advice for me? Like right when I was pregnant, her advice was like, like, you're not going to have very much. It was something like, you're not going to have a long time. So like enjoy it right now. And I was like, at the time I was like, like there's no way I'll have a long time. And now I'm like, oh, I get it now. I, I'm never until my kid's like 18. I'm probably not going to have any alone time. I have always, and it's just funny because I'm like, that's the most real advice I've probably been given is that. 100%. Well, so many people I find like with that I ask, because none of my friends really had kids when I had one. But when I ask like other people, like cousins, my mom, aunts, whatever, everybody looks back on like having babies as like a very rosy, it's all through rose colored glasses, it like romanticize it too much. And there's like, oh, it's such a lovely time, like snuggling with the baby. And it is a lovely time, but it's also super hard and it can be isolating. And it's so like, it's so difficult, but people leave that out. So my expectations for postpartum were like, I was only scared for the birth, like for the actual birth. I was not worried at all for postpartum. And then like birth was like, fine. Yeah. I just I just had a lot of epidural and I was like joking and laughing and smiling then felt great. But then postpartum kicked my ass. I had postpartum anxiety. I was ex- like unlike you like with the first one I was so tired. Like I was like having delusions. Like it was scary. Oh, yeah. It was scary. Yeah. 
And it totally kicked my ass. So that was, you know, my expectation not meeting up with like the reality. But did mm-hmm. you have any instances of that where like you had this like expectation of Oh no, I agree. Even now when I look back, I don't and Corey knew this would happen because I was like, I'm never having a baby again during the time. And he's like, You're gonna like just let a year go by and you're gonna yeah. forget all of the bad and you're just gonna be like looking and you do. Like I look back and I'm just like, Oh, it was so nice and it was so peaceful. But it's like like even thinking right now, I'm like, I guess it wasn't like as peaceful as I thought. Like I do remember having a huge because I don't know if you did this, but during my pregnancy, Google and me were just all day. I was like, is so this dangerous. normal? Is this normal? What am I doing? Like, is this So I thought once I physically had the baby that that would go away. Like I wouldn't have to Google anything anymore because like I, the baby's here and now I like everything is calm. And I just like tricked myself into believing once the baby was there, all of the war is just, everything is going to be good now. And I remember like having her and my Google questions went up like, like, is it okay if she sleeps too long? Is her poop supposed to be this color? Why does this look like this? Like, is this okay? Like, should I call the doctor if she does this? Like, she's, I was, I stayed up thinking she was going to like die in her sleep every day. I was like, Sid, Sid, Sid. Like, <laughs> Sid's all is this so stuff. scary. Like, it is so scary. I was, and then I would like Google it and it'd be like all these news things of like, my baby just died randomly. And like, even today I'll see people post about their like, 15 month old the guy and I'm like when do I get to stop worrying about this like do I ever like it's yeah horrific. so it, it is insane I think that like it's so easy to think oh once the baby's here everything will be fine like I just have to get through this pregnancy and actually physically having I remember being so nervous for actually having the baby mm-hmm. although that I had the worst contractions in the world really? I mean, like they were so awful I wanted to die during them I don't know how I'm like I want to do this again like thinking back I'm like I'm nostalgic about it I think because it was so long ago now did you do, were you, did you have a medicated birth or did you just like go through it all and that was no. nothing? So I, I did, I got an epidural, but it had it very late. I think it was like eight centimeters when I got it. So I got to eight and it happened fast. Like within two hours, I went from like two to eight. So my body was contracting like yeah. very quickly and it was the worst pain I've ever endured. And I've like broken both arms and like I would break my arms a few more times if like, and I've had like six pins in this arm. I've done a lot. What are your arms wow. made of? Why do they keep breaking? This I'm is concerning, jointed. Bobby. I'm double jointed. So they like just bend too much sometimes. Wow. They like go, do you see it? Goes yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So they, wait, sorry. Double jointed arms break more easily than regular jointed arms? The doctors, I think because it extends already a lot. So like when I, I fell when I was like, seven downstairs and I put my arm out and because it extends a lot it was just easy for it to like keep going and it was completely out you're like a bird like delicate I I am (laughs) I am and then I broke my wrist when I was three so oh that's hard that's so tough I know Luca's gonna I already know she's gonna break a bone at some point she is the biggest daredevil she is Mm. jump on like tables jump off like has no She's just going to be like me. I broke bones and I was fine, but I would seriously break my bones. I have three surgeries on this. I would rather go through all of that than like the contractions I felt. I really want an epidural at like three centimeters next time. I got, I got one so early with my second. The set. They let you? They would not let me. Oh, no, no, no. Well, because you don't know sometimes. It might take the doctor like 40 minutes to get in your room. Oh, I know they did. That's why I was about to have my child. Yeah. So I had like – I had two painful contractions 
like really painful ones. And I was like, I need it. I need the epidural. Come here. Doctor came, gave me the epidural. The baby came 15 minutes later. It was it like she like slid out. It was crazy. It was crazy how fast it happened. I know, but I also was scared for the pushing part. I didn't realize with an epidural that feels like Mm. nothing. You're just Mm. like, oh. But mine was not like that because we, because it was COVID, they wanted to limit the time you spent in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So like prior to having them, then, and we were only in there even after we had her, I think we left less than 24 hours later. Like it was wow. very quick. Yeah. So they wanted to limit the time that you mm-hmm. spent there. So they, we went in a few, I was a crazy person. I kept thinking, Oh, this is it. Like, cause it would hurt. And I was like, Oh, that's painful. Like give me an epidural. Well, I kept going in and they're like, you're not in active labor. So I went in once in the morning, they were like, you're not in active labor. Then I went several hours later when I was like, I had like lost my mucus plug. I, mm-hmm. I was so confident that that was the time in movies. Like people sometimes like yeah. go get lunch and then they go. So I was like, okay. So we went and we got Chipotle. And then I was like, I was having contractions. They were like, they were five minutes apart. So I was like, oh, this is good. Like I Googled it and it said five minutes apart is when you go. So we go and I am in my contractions at this point were so painful. And like the way I describe it and someone has like only one person was like, that's accurate. So I don't think this is a super accurate, mm-hmm. but I describe it as like Edward scissor hands just in my uterus, like scraping it. It was the worst, like, ah, so that was what was happening. So I, we get to the hospital, it was a 20 minute drive. They check and they're like, you're two centimeters. You're not in active labor. Like you're fine. And I'm like screaming in pain. So they're like, okay, we'll just give you a morphine shot in your butt and you're going to go home. So they give me a morphine shot in my butt. And that makes me so sick. Like I was so sick. I leave and I'm like loopy because it was like a lot of drugs. I'm a little person. And like, I've never heard of that, by the way. I'm sure it's oh, done it lots. I've so, never heard of it. Yeah, it was so awful. So I was loopy, like loopy. It made me dizzy. And then I'm we're driving our 20 minute car at home. We pulled over like at least 15 times for me to throw up. And I was like throwing up while having contractions. So I was like, oh, like it was the worst feeling ever. That's a nightmare. And it was awful. And then his mom, my husband's mom was at our house, like she was going to watch our dog. And she was um, in our um, a labor and delivery nurse back in the day. So she was giving me advice and stuff and help, like helping Corey help me. But I was throwing up so much that I, there was literally nothing left to throw up. I The contents of my stomach had been emptied. I threw up at least 50 times that. And it was like within the time I left to the time I got back, probably 45 minutes. And and by then my contractions were so close together that I was like just on the floor, like, make it stop, like, please. And she was like, okay, you need to go back because I think that it's happening fast. And so I probably was like, from the time I left the hospital, like, two centimeters to when I came back it'd probably been like an hour and a half maybe and they were like okay you're at a six right now you like it's you need to get in so I go in and they rush the epidural but it had been 20 like it takes Mm. 20 minutes for them to give it to you and I was like just give me a (laughs) c-section take this out of me I said the same thing (laughs) <laughs> they, they won't do it. They no. don't do it if you just ask. Listen, no, I thought they would. Okay. I thought I was going to die, so I asked for one. I didn't tell them, please, just give me a season. They're like, no. I was like, you're so rude. I know they deal with this all day long, but, like, I wanted one so bad. But when they finally came, they gave me that for girl, and immediately after, they checked me out. I was at a nine. So, like, 
I like they checked it me immediately after I was at a nine. So it was like two to nine within like no time. And then from nine to 10, it took like four hours. Oh, geez. Once I got the epidural, I took a nap. I had ice chips. My water broke. I was like, all right, whatever. I'm in no rush. That post epidural nap was my favorite part of my first pregnancy because it just it got me like relaxed again. And then I didn't even know that the baby was there. The doctor just came to your routine check, put his hand up there and was like, oh, the head is out. So we got to get into this. And then the same thing happened for the second, except the second was like 15 minutes after epidural. It was so fast. What? So fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was two pushes in in the world. So like the second one was easy than the first but okay yeah then maybe my first was just you know no like I, I know people have like did the zen birthing where they like meditate the whole time oh and like really they not. try to look I, at a spot and they seem to have or stand by the idea that they've had a very wonderful birth experience even the first time I would love to try that anybody I know though like actually know their first birth was kind of chaotic yeah just because it's scary like I tried to like think through like the control I was like okay think about something do something make this not hurt it was impossible like breathe differently like you're in so much pain in the moment that it's just like I just was screaming like Corey was like are you gonna die like (laughs) is this it like am I gonna be Father to single, single father to widow over here. I was like, I, it was <laughs> the worst thing ever. But yeah, they once the epidurals and you're just like smooth, smooth sailing. Epidural was a godsend for me. I knew it would be, and it was, and I loved it. And I don't want any more children. But if I ever do by accident get pregnant again and have a kid, I will be getting epidural. And I would only ever have another child by accident, by the way. So, like, listeners, if you ever see me popping out a kid, it was unplanned. Very unplanned. I don't want more. I want four. So. You want four? I like. Do you come from a big family? I have five siblings, six. Okay, there you go. I have a weird sibling story. What? My dad found out he had a child on, was it Ancestry? Like 40 years after. Yeah. So like I've always have to like correct myself now. So like, wait. Oh, yeah, I'm one of five. And then I'm like, no, I'm one of six, I guess. So how does that work? So like, does that mean that the kid did an Ancestry thing as well? So he did, he was looking for his dad his whole life. So he was on Ancestry and he, my aunt was on Ancestry. So he matched with her as a close relative and he asked her like, Hey, do you know anyone that like may have had a kid 40 years ago? And she was like, maybe my brother. So yeah, we found out that he had a son when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wait, have you met up with your brother? Like that's yeah, fascinating. So like he and my dad, he lives in Florida. So yeah. we don't see him often. I've only ever met him, I think, once. But he sees the like, he talks to my dad regularly. We kind of keep in touch. It's very, it's crazy. That's like fascinating. That is so fascinating. Did it like so it's so awkward because people ask me, like, how many siblings? I'm like, one of five, six. I'm sorry, a lot. Many. So it, like just trying, like. Did that like throw things upside down for a little bit? Like, was there a huge identity crisis? No, I mean, it was weird. I remember I was at work one day as a nanny and my dad calls me and was like, Bobby, you'll never believe this. He said it in the most nonchalant way. And I was like, what? He's like, 
I like have a son basically. And I was like, shut up. You do not have a, you don't have a son. Cause he, um, my, I have three older siblings mm-hmm. and they have dad and then he me and my sister are from him mm-hmm. and he I was like you do not you do not have a son and he was like yeah and he told me the story and I was like what so we had a like a little family dinner to like reunion wow. type thing. I don't know. Yeah. and we um like ever since then so I have two new like I have a niece and a nephew from him oh yeah so weird because I before that had a few nieces and nephews from my siblings that we already knew but I didn't know I had like a like 12 year old and 10 year old niece and nephew from them yeah so it's, that's wild it was, and now my dad's just like a devoted grandpa <laughs> like, oh that's the best yeah he goes out there for like Christmases and like wow. my dad loves loves it so much it's that's the amazing funniest, most random thing though you know okay one of my favorite things about this is we were literally just talking about what it felt like to get our vaginas blown up having a kid and then it's like, you can't not experience that. Like if we have a child, it makes itself known through us physically, mentally, emotionally. And then guys might not even know. They need. I know. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's like unfair. My dad just did not know. He was like, yeah, I like was with a lady. That was super awkward. I was like, do not give me details. Thank you. Um, but like, yeah back in when I was in my twenties, like, I didn't know she was pregnant. Like, but I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. I remember after I was like, Corey, if you get on ancestry, are we going to find out you have like children out there? (laughs) It's crazy as a guy, you just can have no, like nothing change. Your body doesn't change anything. You can have a kid a day, probably more like that. That's nuts. I know. So wait, have you told this story on TikTok? Like, I feel like this is I know no, it's I close haven't. to its family, but I feel like this is a viral story. Yeah, no, I haven't. I've never really like known a way to say like that. So I've just never, I don't, it's weird. I've never really thought of it as like a crazy, at the time I was like, this is so crazy. And then it's funny. I randomly will think of things on TikTok that I'm like, that would be good for like content. And then I'm like, well, how's that? How been, like my boobs, I had just been sitting on that one for way too oh, long. The, the one like, with the the big, yeah. the feeding I discrepancy. Like, I didn't even think of that. Why haven't I posted about this yet? It'll randomly hit me that I'm like, I should, I should post about this. So how do you come up with content? Because you, you put out so much and like we get help coming up with our content because I don't have the capacity to even say, okay, I'm going to come up with content now. And like you recently put out a video on your personal I'm just like talking about not coming, not being able to come up with content. And then you just like were eating a peach in the next video and like combined, they got like 400,000 views. And I was like, anything you do, honestly, people will watch now at this point. Right. But how, like, what's your process? How do you sit there? And it's not, it's not (laughs) a very like, essentially what I do is I say, I need to post at least one time on my main page. And right now I've decided to dedicate time to growing my personal because it's more authentic and it's easier for me to be myself. So I'm trying just to like grow that one. I I really do enjoy like just vlogging about my day and like Mm. doing random recipes, which for whatever reason, every time I post a recipe, it gets at least half a million. I'm like, I'm not cook but like people like my little easy like I hate cooking cooking videos but yeah so I don't have for my personal it's easy Mm -hmm. literally I'm doing anything I just like sit and talk about 
anything that's happening in my day. That one's easy. My main one, I do have a little bit of like, I get the writer's block, I guess, with it because it's hard. Hold, sorry. What are you guys doing? Lucy, you got to go out there. Mommy's, mommy's working. Sorry. <laughs> oh, how cute. Your daughter's name is Lucy. Yeah, Lucy and Betty, but that was wild. Okay. But sorry. I'm so sorry about that, Bobby. She was rude oh. and I'm grounding her, okay? She's a bitch, but we can continue. <laughs> I'm waiting for Luca to come along. <laughs> yeah, it'll make me feel better. That's okay. <laughs> no, um, Alexandria, it's very hard to think of. It's because the thing is, is that it needs to be very specific to do well. Mm -hmm. So that page is, that's why I don't really accept a lot of brand deals because it needs to be able to be in character or it's not going to perform. Like I have to be able to be. So that one's a little bit harder um, to come up with content because like, I don't feel like I can be myself really on that one um, as much, well, obviously, because it's yeah. not me. <laughs> um, but like, I like I'll think something's really funny that I do and will like flop because it's not in character <laughs> and I'm like oh like so rude I'll like say something I'm like this is hilarious it's gonna do great nothing so it has to be like very specific basically all I do though is I'm like I tell myself I want to post one post a day on there and I just think I'm like I'll literally just be like hmm what would be weird that I did right now or like the biggest thing that's easy for me is I'll just be like what's an insecurity I have that's obvious and then I'll just talk about that so like when I after I had Luca I lost so much weight which I was just not expecting and my butt just disappeared like I had a butt before and then it just like was gone like I couldn't fill out any jeans so that's the video you were talking about yeah. in the beginning I was like, I'm going to make fun of that. So I just, or like my hair, I have extensions now, but before that it was like so bad that I would make fun like of it all. Postpartum hair loss? No, I had a terrible bleach job where they bleached <laughs> it off. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's awful that's just it was time. like gone it was gone so I was like oh so bad and I would just show my hair just like so I would just try I usually like a very easy content idea from like for me like very easy content is just making fun of myself that's awesome so I do that a lot <laughs> no that's awesome though and then too if you're the one doing it then like for me, I th I think I talk about insecurities a lot because I'm like, if I'm stating them, I can't get hurt by anybody pointing it out because yes. I'm putting it out there myself. And yeah, because it does offend me when people will point things out that mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so it's like if I point it out myself, like, you know, I know, like, I'm aware of all of my imperfections. I don't need you to like make me aware. I promise you I'm aware. <laughs> So that's, it's easy for me to like put it out there. Like here are my imperfections and mm -hmm. I'm fully aware. So don't even try to. Okay. It, but how did you come up with this like super sarcastic, like deadpan person? Um, it just happened. So what's funny is everyone, my first video where I did like deadpan, I did not, I wasn't even thinking anything of it. I didn't even know what deadpan was. I was like, People kept commenting like, oh, this is so Aubrey Plaza deadpan. I was like, who's Aubrey Plaza? What does deadpan mean? And I like Googled it and I was like, what? <laughs> um, I was just like being, I thought it was so obvious.
obvious because I'm just a sarcastic person in general, but I thought it was so obvious that it was a lie. I hashtagged her name is actually Luca. I like was very clear that it was not real and that it was just a joke because I thought it would be funny if her name was Richard. And I was like, I was just like, I wanted a boy and I had a girl. So I named her Richard anyway. And like, you know, I was like, I thought it was clear. So yeah, I just started. And then I just kept that up. I didn't even know what mm. that yeah, I was just like, this works. No, it works monotone. so well. Annoying person I've created. Yeah. With the, but the, the monotone I've now, like my voice has evolved to just a really annoying voice. I try, I sit there and I'm just like, what do you want? Like, okay, so this happened. And I like try to just really channel the most annoying voice I can think of because people get so annoyed by it. Well, it's like it's like the monotone deadpan with like vocal fry. You like yeah. it, there's a lot going on, but it's it's perfect. It's yeah. like perfect for it. And do you think that the majority of people that follow you get it, they're in on it, or they don't get it and they're like this weird chick just post stuff? Like where do you think they sit on the I spectrum? Think that- the people who follow me, the majority, do understand mm-hmm. because I feel like the way the for you page works is it pumps it out to people that follow you first. And I notice in the very beginning, it's always people that understand. And then once it starts getting pumped out to the for you page, people are like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so that's usually what I think that the strangers are like, "What? Your kid's name is Richard? You?" you and your husband are super weird around each other. You like all of this stuff. Yeah. Okay. What? But people that know me, I guess have seen me a lot. I think they understand it, Yeah. which why it makes it harder to get viral content though. Mm. The more people that get in on it. Cause it's like, I definitely get a lot of views by people believing it. So the more people that know it's not real, it's Tricky. Oh, it's we love like I mean our account is not a fraction of what yours is on TikTok, but we love pushing buttons because it it is so fun and people there's a huge disconnect with people not getting because ours is all like satirical, making fun of like parents who think they're perfect, but there's a huge disconnect with like people not getting that, and then it just drives up the views and it's great, yeah. but it's so it's people, shocking I don't get it like I don't understand how like again mm. I would hashtag like her name is actually Luca and people would be like you're a child you're setting her up to be bullied you're a terrible mom and I'm just like how but yeah like people really just believe anything mm. they see on TikTok anything like oh I know Sometimes I make it so obvious. I usually try to make it so obvious when I'm joking. Like, I'm like, there's no way. I think of like, like recently, like my son's name is Concrete. Like, that's obviously not true. But like, people will believe anything you tell them. Well, again, you do live in LA. So is it that, is it that wild, right? I know, I know. Yeah, it's definitely. It's in the realm of possibility, Bobby. It is. I'm going to see little concrete boys out there. It's a sweet name. Yeah, yeah. Evokes lots of emotion, I think. I think it's great. But where can people go to find all your stuff online? Like everything you do? Just mostly TikTok, I guess. I don't really have like a dedicated anything. I'm a really terribly organized human hopefully no one <laughs> listens to this that I'm like applying for a job I'm working on it okay I'm like applying to for jobs while I'm saying this out loud I just I 
I'm really not organized with my life. So yeah, Corey does everything for me. That's amazing. Shane does everything for me. Does he? Yeah. I don't like thinking about organization because it stresses me out and I'm not like that. Corey loves it. Yeah. He loves it. Shane's not good, but he's, he like naturally he's not good, but he's become good because he's so bad. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Corey Mm -hmm. is like a, he uses the app Todoist, I think. And he, I have that on my phone. I downloaded it to help me, but it's not helping me. He made me download it. It doesn't help me either. I think you need to like already have something there. So he does that. He, I text him anytime. He adds literally anything that I ask him to do, like to do it. He adds it all there. So like, I'll be like, Corey, can you make sure that like you turn the washer on in in 10 minutes? I'll be like, okay, let me add it to my to-do list. Amazing. So, okay. Everybody needs a Corey. That's incredible. It's I, he keeps me organized. He does all of, that's why now I have a manager managing my TikTok and social media, but like prior to that, he was my manager Yeah, and he had to answer all of my emails and do everything. Cause I just can't do all of that, especially being a mom and like stay at home mom. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you get dedicated work hours. I don't get those. I know. I know it's hard. So that's what Shane does too. So even like if on lunch break before he goes to work, even though he's working from home, he'll do like my stuff or our stuff because we work together and then you know because like even in the morning it's like the second from freaking 5 30 in the morning I'm momming and it's hard and it's impossible to separate when you're home with your kids it's hard to like not mom yes yes really so it's easy for dads to not dad because I'll be like oh I have to go take this call but it's like me I'm like even before this I was like I think I literally got down into this room at like exactly the 30 minute mark because (laughs) I had to nurse Luca to sleep and she wouldn't let me leave. I was like, I don't know. Do you nurse your kids? Yes. Yes. Do you nurse them to sleep or no? Because I I, know some people. Yeah. So I'm still nursing my 15 month old to sleep. My, my three-year-old, we stopped nursing at 18 months. And then this now Betty, I'm like, I want to try to make it to two years. We'll see. But yeah, yeah, I nurse her to sleep because it's easy and I don't care. It's just easy. It is. Does she ever sometimes not let you pull your boob away though? Well, because now she nurses one side and then grabs the other nipple with like – it's like – what what do you call it? Like a vice. It's like a vice. And she doesn't detach and it hurts. I know. she. I know when I have to cut her nails because I'm like, oh, what the heck are you doing? Like just sit there and like it's, twist it. Yes. I'm like, why are you doing that? Sometimes I get really annoyed with that actually. And I'm like, stop. Like yes. I'll try to hide it. And she's just like, no, I they won't find that. it. They, has- they'll find it. No, I have to like when I nurse her every time I have to lift my entire shirt up so she can just have both because I'm like, you can have both. They're yours. Like, but right before this call, she would not. Like, usually I just nurse her and then lay her down. This time I like nurse her, lay her down. And she's like, no, give me your move back. I was like, it's like, it's like 125. I need to go. So finally, right before that, she like, let me go. And I was like, okay, there you go. So yeah. These dang babies. They're so cute, but uh, yeah, cause a lot of hell, even love, loving hell in our lives. But let's end it, Bobby, with the nipple twisting nursing sessions. Yeah. I think that's a high point. I think that is too. I agree. But truly, it was. thank you so much for joining us today. And it's been so nice to get to chat with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, I can let you go. But we will – Shane will send everything – over to your manager's way when everything is up and in the stratosphere. But yeah, no, thank you so much. That was so fun. Yeah, thank you. It was quite nice talking to you. Where do you live, by the way? Uh, Toronto. Oh. In Canada, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. So way the hell, like, yeah, other side. Nice. I'm jealous. It sounds fun over there. I watched Working Moms and it looks Oh, that's so good. That's so good. That's such a good show. But I'm jealous of you being in LA because we are about to hit like a really brutal winter soon. Are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. we're not. I'm like, our winter is happening and it's like 70 degrees outside. Yeah. Get out of here. Like that's, that's so nice. (laughs) But truly. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. We'll need it. But yeah. So nice meeting you. And, yeah, thank uh, you as well. Hell yeah. All the best. Good luck with everything. <laughs> Take care. Good luck with you too. Bye. Bye. Good job, Al. Thanks, babe. That was such a fun one. So you, as we said in the interview, you introduced me to her TikTok account with that with her flat butt video, yes. which was hilarious. And like big fan since but truly everything she puts out, I just like I watch in wonder and I'm laughing. Because I don't get how she can keep it going and just stay so serious and keep that deadpan face. Like, it's wild. Well, it's I've funny. done stuff like that, too. Are you in awe of me? No, but she's you know, she's okay. done it for so many, like, every single day. And she never, I know, you you know, it's not like it's a live thing. But just to keep that character up and this persona up and to get enough content. I get it. She's impressive and I'm whatever. <laughs> You're used to it. Okay, let's get to this final segment now where... It's a mailbag segment. You know, we take questions from listeners. You take questions from listeners. You answer those questions. You present them to me. If I'm needed, I'll answer some stuff. If I'm mm-hmm. not, you'll just take it away. Take By it away. Way, I have feeling, a lot of feeling now in my jaw that I didn't have before. It's just in this interview, it's gotten better. All right. First question. Is that a shuffleboard table in your dining room? If it is, do you play much? Yes, it is. And we played a lot at our old house because it actually fit in our old house properly. It doesn't fit in here and it looks ridiculous. I think we're mad at it. Yeah. We want it in a basement. We want it in a proper games area. I want to have some of my friends over who are like pub players. My, I have a couple of friends who love darts mm-hmm. and pub games and they're dying to come over and play it. And I want to have a night here where mm-hmm. it's just I want to get an arcade game down there too. I want to get Christmas. a Christmas. I want NBA Jam is the game I want. I want to get a huge TV down there. I have so many dreams and fantasies about this house. (laughs) And sometimes I wonder if my life is going to be long enough to have them fulfilled. How many contractor boyfriends am I going to have to go through to get this done? A lot. And I don't care. (laughs) Have your way with Alex. Just get Get it it done. Get the work done. Yes. But yeah, no, we'd love to play more than we do just because it really is in the middle of stuff. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful shovelboard table. And we went to great lengths to get this very specific table. It was so much fun to track it It down and go on a mission. And we had to stay overnight and it felt like we were on a stakeout. Yeah, no, because we fell in love with this make of table at drake devonshire at drake devonshire in prince Edward county and we're like we need this like we played all night we had a great time we needed it for our house when we first moved in together and we got it it's funny that this is a bigger house but it doesn't suit the shuffleboard table when the much smaller house it fit perfectly fit perfectly i know anyhow next question my daughter got a bead stuck in her nose at preschool today that's more of a statement So how about this? What do you think of kids shoving things up their noses? Like, how dumb are they? I don't like it at all. Yeah. It grosses me out. You always hear of someone shoving like a bean sprout up their nose and the sprout going into their brain. uh, 
Yeah, what do you think? Have you done uh, research on this? Yeah, no, this is dumb and kids are dumb for doing this. Like why why do this? It only causes harm, only causes your parents stress. Uh I used to do this. Shane, you know I'm notorious for like sticking vegetables up my nose as a toddler. Um I, I missed this. I must have zoned out when this story was being No, I I think my parents have told you maybe 30 times. Really? Yeah, it's it's a story they like to bring up. But what I, do you shove up your nose? I used to shove peas up my nose and corn. Ew. And my dad, so he works in the medical device business, and he has these uh, like long medical type scissors, like for sutures and things, like for surgeries. So he'd have to go up with these really long, tiny, skinny scissors up to my brain, and then like oh pull out the God. peas and the corn because they'd change, they'd get way up there. Would you cry? I don't know. You gotta How old ask were them. you? Oh, like three. So I looked this up uh, and I found a bit of an explanation by a pediatrician in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland named Trisha Feener. Anyhow, she says that children learn by interacting with the environment and using all of their senses. So babies, you know, notoriously as we're still dealing with, with Betty for some reason, but they notoriously put things in their mouth. I thought Betty would be over this face, but she's not. Mm-hmm. But as they get older, toddlers will start to put things in other orifices, including the nose, which Lucy thankfully hasn't started yet. I was worried that she was going to take after me and start putting peas up the nose. But Trisha Fiener says that that's how children learn. They see things, they taste them, and they feel them. And it's a part of learning about the world around them. And it's a natural curiosity that's part of normal development. So if this happens, there's a few things you can do. Because, again, I mean, I guess we're still at risk for Lucy doing something like this. And Betty is definitely going to be shoving peas up her nose. Like, Betty, she just wants to do things to harm herself. But you can first ask your child to gently blow their nose, right? And that more than likely will get out. If it doesn't, you can grab it with a pair of tweezers like my parents would. But only if you can see it. If it's past the point of you being able to see it, like into the brain, don't stick tweezers up there. And then lastly, you can try mouth to mouth. So when I was reading this, I was like, how does mouth to mouth work for that? But what you do, so you have the child like sitting down or standing and then you close the nostril that doesn't have the vegetables in it or what beads, whatever. And then, so you're blocking that nostril off and then you seal their mouth, wait, firmly sealing their mouth. Yeah, you seal your mouth on the kid's mouth, right? So like like you're doing mouth to mouth. And so, okay, mouth to mouth blocking one nostril, you give them a puff of air and then the air that's coming out of your mouth into their mouth pushes the thing down. And I guess you do this if like Lucy's not very good at blowing her nose. So I guess this is like forcing a nose blow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's a... that's how you solve that. And I would be, I would love to hear if any listeners have uh, nose vegetable stories. Tell me. I want to read them. Next mailbag segment. How you got it out? What happened? I don't like this. Well, it's kind of fascinating. It Does makes it freak me you out? Yeah, it freaks me out. It gives me the heebie jeebies. Guys, lots of things give Shane the heebie jeebies. So a Whatever. sprout growing up to someone's brain doesn't freak you out? Belly buttons. What else? Spiders. Okay, but I think this is more universal. It's spiders aren't universal. <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> Lots of people don't like belly buttons. Uh, okay, next question. 
What about a longer date night pod? I crushed the entire back catalog in two weeks. First of all, thank you that I love doing date nights and that makes us so happy. But I don't think, guys, we can't do like longer date night pods because then it infringes on the date night and then we won't want to do date night pods at all. Well, because especially now that we're going out, we're, yeah. we've got our one foot out the door. I think our latest date night pod, the, the one we just recorded that hasn't been released, might be 20 minutes. Actually, we were in the middle of the date night and your boyfriend called. <laughs> Edward called Edward me. called and took up half an hour and I kept it recording. Are you going to put snippets of that in the episode? I'll see how I, it edits together. It might be and interesting. And then he called back again. It was So that one might be like eight minutes, that episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we like them being snackable. That's why you're addicted. There's like chips. You can't just have one. You got to listen to all the date nights in a row. It's delicious. Did she say she was addicted or did you just, she gave you an inch and you took a mile? I'm taking a mile okay. because I'm trying to amp up our podcast. Alex, what's it like going back to work? And in what capacity are you going back as a teacher? So it's tough. Like, that's for sure. It's it's tough and it's great. Um, not great. It's tough and it's easy is what I meant to say at the same time. So it's tough because the kids are kind of getting up early and I'm having to get up at like six o'clock to get myself ready and then Lucy ready for daycare. Uh, and then, of course, like going in all day and then coming home. It's just the days are long. However, the fact that I get work time that is kid free, because mm -hmm. before, like if I'm doing work at home, like podcast stuff or social media stuff, I'm doing it as I'm watching the kids. And that is so hard. But to have work time that's dedicated work time is great. And then it actually, I feel like because I'm going and I'm dealing with a, a totally different set of people and then coming back and dealing with the kids, it's like my energy is renewed for the kids every day just because it's so different from what I'm doing during the day. And I get to drink a coffee while it's hot in peace in my classroom. Like that's kind of sweet, right? So yeah, it's it's hard, but it's also easy in some ways. And I really miss the kids and I miss you when I'm at school and I get to come home and see everybody. And it's, it's nice. There's something nice about it. It does get harder for me once you come home. I, I know. Well, because then we're both tired from our work day and then we both got to double team the parenting. Well, no, because you come home and you always assume my work day is done, but I still have more to do. Mm. And if I walk out at all, you'll just be like, oh, hold Betty for a second. I'll just go do God knows what in the washroom. Get out of here. Oh, I know what you're doing in there. What am I doing in there? Do I have to make a foghorn noise? <laughs> Get out. You stop that. That's not what happens. Okay. What? I had like one incident on the weekend and now everything's me. Point is, you got to know here and I got to say this publicly. When you come home, my workday is not done. It's, I'm not like a teacher where their day ends at 2.30. Well, I start at 8 and then don't get a break until then. And I guess you don't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I start at 9 typically. If I can start earlier, I do. And I go till – I try to go till 5. Yeah. Or yeah. 6 if I can. Yeah. No, it's tough. It's tough because then usually at 5 you come out for uh, dinner to help me with dinner with the kids. But no, lately I've been coming out much earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, like, to, well, because we've been doing stuff, right? I've been interviewing the dentist appointment. And 
I have to say you working from home has allowed me to like it's not even self-care. It is basic like health care. I have not had the opportunity to go to the dentist in since being pregnant with Lucy and I had issues like I pregnancy ruined my teeth and I got all these cavities during the two pregnancies. I didn't have the time and like I didn't want to have to take off work but you being at home honestly it has it's just allowed me to actually get the care that I've been like desperately needing. Are you still getting a root canal? Well, I don't know because they just filled them and they were like, okay, in a couple weeks or a couple months, if it starts throbbing really bad and you can't sleep because the pain is so bad, you need a root canal. So I was like, so it's trial and error and I might go through severe pain. (laughs) Was this dentist out of the back of a van? Was this a reputable place? Yeah, the dentist is actually amazing. Uh, It's like he is like Eastern European thick accent and then the hygienist is like a Ukrainian woman. Mm -hmm. And... During the entire time today, you know, I'm sitting there and my mouth is wide open. I got the bib on and I'm just drooling and my jaw's all frozen so I can't speak properly. And the whole time, they're both just patting my and saying, oh, you're doing a great job, Alexandra. Great job. And they both look at me and I look at them. I felt like such a little kick. So I'd be like, oh, thank you. I want to go to this place. <laughs> yeah, no, they were very, uh, very reassuring and made me feel like a good girl. All right. Next question. What's something you... Oh, well, wait. In what capacity am I going back as a teacher? I'm going back as supply because I don't want to have to do homework at night because obviously we have no time. But what's something you learned about yourself since becoming a parent? For me, Shane can think about this for a second. I feel like I learned just how capable I am and how capable I am to take on so much emotionally and you know, with work, like in, in every regard, I, I think I became more confident in my abilities. For me, it's stuff I already knew about myself. It just confirmed it, which felt good. <laughs> like what? I don't know. I'm kind of a scavenger. I can live off anything. Mm. I can get through anything. I can work hard when I need to yeah. get stuff done, play with. I knew I didn't like babies. I knew I liked toddlers better. Mm. I like when I can talk and communicate with a child. It's really hard when you can't. Yeah. And Betty's particularly annoying lately because oh she has this screech that is so loud. Like Betty gets mad. Yeah. Out I, of nowhere. She just gets mad. Like Betty had a pretty good rep of being like this silent angel. Yeah. But now it's almost like she's been overrated. She, Betty was overrated. Now, like, I gave her her dinner tonight. She knocked it off the tray, looked at me, hit her hands on her high table, and went, mm-hmm. just staring at me and screeching and flinging her food everywhere, just staring at me. Her face was, like, going purple. I was looking at her. I didn't know what to do. And she just looked at me with so much anger. Like, where did that come from, Betty? She might be more mischievous. I always say mischievous. 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 She might be more mischievous than Lucy. She is. She is. It just the hair fooled us. Like Lucy looked like a little punk, right? Because she was so bald. Betty with the locks looked like a cherub. Not that Lucy didn't look like a cherub too. She just looked like a punky cherub. But no, Betty is. She could be the wild child. Yeah. 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 What else She's you got? A problem. Well, should should I do another one or? <laughs> well, if you what got, do we got one. for time? No, because I can save them. I don't know. I'll do one more. Okay. 
Should we move? I'm from Melbourne, which is the most locked down city in the world. We've had riots all week and now an earthquake. We never have those here. Do you believe in signs from the universe? Well, it sounds like she's moving whether she likes to or not. <laughs> so I I think, and Shane, you can chime in after, but the universe isn't a conscious thing. It doesn't have a consciousness. So I don't think that the universe is giving you signs. However, I think it can be comforting and reassuring to look for signs and then like interpret things that happen as a sign. How do you know the universe doesn't have a conscience? Well, I don't think scientifically that's where we are yet. Yeah, but if, if there was something out there, I think it would know how to, like if, if someone created this world, I think they'd know how to make people think that science was a real thing and not just a construct of the world that they created. A simulation. Whatever. Do you think we live in a simulation? I don't know. Do you think there's a possibility? I don't, I'm agnostic towards everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's resolute about something, I just think they're strange and overly <laughs> confident for no reason. No, I think anything's a possibility. So, you know what? Maybe the universe is setting signs, but I don't know. I think maybe, yeah, move from Melbourne. If you're feeling like it's not for you, move. Go somewhere more chill, more relaxed in the country. If you start asking yourself, should I move? The answer could be yes. Yeah. So... If you're not happy where you are, go, yeah, go be yeah. happy. Especially if you don't have a job that's fulfilling you or if it's just something that pays the bills. Or yeah. it's something that you can move with. Like it's, yeah, you know, freelance work. Okay, that's it. There. There's yeah, your move. answer. Move. And thank you all for listening to this This episode. family tree or this, this episode. Fa- yeah. Episode <laughs> 105 of this. Of one, two, three. This, this family, family tree, tree podcast. podcast. Episode 105.